and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast Live Draft Edition. That's right, not your usual podcast episode, but still your usual host. My name is Ian Harditz. I got Dwayne McFarlane with me. We are one minute and 45 seconds away from beginning an FFPC quotations high stakes draft people. Dwayne and I are trying to take down the big one, and we got a lot to talk about here. So, Dwayne, first off, man, how does it feel to be, you know, not less than 90 minutes away from shipping 500K that we get to split eventually, Dwayne? <laughs> feels good, right? Feels man, good. It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> I've been close with these several times. Uh, you know, I finished in the top five of this tournament um, three different times. You know, Ooh. so I've been close. I'm Dewey, and so yeah, maybe you'll, you'll, maybe you and I together, maybe you can help me bring it home. I'm here to help get Dwayne over the hump. Now, for those that don't know, I mean, Dwayne, my goodness, man, you got a family. I don't know how you find the time to do all these drafts, but all I see, you know, in our Slack messages, one more, you know, big board after another that you're thrilled with. So, what I think a lot of you will notice as we go through this is Dwayne is second to none in terms of knowing when to take the guy. We're in a 1.5 tight end premium. Dwayne's draft strategy, again, is A++. So I'm going to, of course, help with that. But more than anything, I think we can talk through, uh, you know, player versus player when we get to that situation. So, Dwayne, I want you to kind of, you know, steer the boat here, and I'll be there to help, you know, tie break. Because what, what else is better than this? You, we got Dwayne, yeah. Dr- Dwayne drinking vodka. I'm drinking whiskey. And we're about to make 500 big ones, everyone. Cheers, brother. <laughs> Cheers, man. Yeah, so we'll probably, we could be facing a decision like pretty quick, you know, with it being a tight end premium league, there's a chance we're facing the choice of Kelsey or Kamara. Most likely that choice gets made for us, right? And we're either taking Kamara or Kelsey, but there's a chance that that's sitting there. And so that's something you just think about in your head. I'm willing to go either way. The thing I like about going with Kelsey is you you lock down that first tight end, you know, you're going to get a good back coming back. Um, now if you like being a little risky, like the higher upside plays, you go ahead and take a Kamara and then you see if Kittle can sneak back to you. So we'll have to see. So Christian McCaffrey just went with the first pick, uh, no big surprise. Oh, and there goes Travis Kelsey, number two. Ooh. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, so we'll either get Kamara or Dalvin cook. Not a bad start. We'll take that. Okay. I'm just trying to take us live to Streamyard, and we'll get more folks. Ready to go. Yeah, Dwayne, just break down kind of the general rules and scoring that we're dealing with here. Yeah, so it's one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, uh, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, but you have two flex, and it is tight end premium. So Dalvin Cook just went off the board. Um, So we're going to go ahead and take Alvin Kamara. Ian, unless you just have something, you know, in your head that, you know, I'm has been screaming at you. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I figure you'd be good with Kamara. All right. So you might we got even Kamara. be, man, with Jameis, like, I think there's an argument for Kamara over Cook these days to be, to be completely honest with everyone. I have them graded exactly even, Ooh. you know, they're, they're right there together. So I'm good. Derrick Henry goes after us. Um, Derrick Henry, actually, once, once Kamara um, is off the board, I typically, you know, once Kamara Cook, Kelsey, and McCaffrey's off the board in these, I typically switch and I go Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Um, you could even talk me into Stefan Diggs. I like Darren Waller. I just have a little bit of concern, just enough with Zeke and with Derrick Henry that, you know, at the 1500 carry mark, like they could start to fall off at any moment. And I don't know how much more ceiling those two guys give me mm-hmm. than any of those receivers, right? Who carry a little bit lower of a risk profile. So, just kind of some commentary there for those folks that may be drafting one of these later. Um, but yeah, as far as the format goes, so I laid it out. So the key is those two flex spots in the tight end premium. 
that's the difference maker. You, you, and there's a lot of flexibility in this league because of the tight end premium. You don't, you know, if you want to go earlier on a tight end, you can make it worth it. Um, if you want to wait on a tight end, you still can. Um, but having the two flex spots also opens up flexibility. You don't have to force running backs in the dead zone. You know, you want to get to the strongest starting lineup, you know, you can and the best depth you can, you know, as quickly as you can. So if that means four receivers and only one running back on your team, but two of those re receivers are now filling your flex spots, that's actually really good. So after that, we had Tyreek Hill go off the board right after I mentioned uh, what I did, then Zeke, then Darren Waller. And so for you guys, you know, this may be your first FFPC draft to listen to. You're like, whoa, Kelsey and Waller immediately in the first round. That's because <laughs> of the 1.5 points per reception. These guys were monsters last year in this thing. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey was an absolute beast in this format. If you owned him, like you were basically doing victory laps every single week, <laughs> except when you played against Darren Waller. All right, so do I go Eckler. ahead and join that uh, StreamYard link for me? Yep, will do. I think you might just need to uh, minimize yep. your... We are simultaneously going Zoom and StreamYard, everyone. So Dwayne might need to cut his video here from the Zoom. I think we will be Gucci. And then we'll be live to everyone too. Apologies right. for the brief struggle here, but truly people, it is interesting playing more of these leagues. You know, Dwayne and I, including best ball, are probably touching, you know, 40, 50 of these suckers this year. So, you know, personally, I have found that when we really get into Superflex, 1.5 tight end premium, it makes you think that much more and it really is a good time. So with that said, Dwayne, we are going live to StreamYard and I think Sweet. we so are good. If you'll, uh, so on the link before you clicked on to get to this, there's another link on the league home where you can mm -hmm. put up the draft board. Okay. And so people can see who's being taken as we are, uh, yeah. as we're talking. Okay. I think see. we're in a good spot. Your dog's happy. So I'm happy. I mean, that's kind of how that rolls, right? Yeah. All right, everyone. It. We're, we'll see if we can get her and Lily having a conversation here at some point. But. Okay. It looks like we are live on StreamYard. Hell yeah. What's up, everybody? Ian and Dwayne here started this shtick a couple minutes ago on Zoom. PFF. Fantasy Football Podcast Edition, and we are doing an FFPC 1.5 tight end premium draft. Managed to land Kamara early. We were going to have to decide between Kelsey and Kamara. Someone made our decision for us by going Kelsey in the two holes. So, Dwayne, I mean, at this point, we got quite a few picks ahead of us still, but typically after you get your anchor at the beginning, I know it's a little bit different with the tight end here, but I believe Waller already gone. Did Kittle go too? No, Kittle, okay. uh, Kittle, no, yeah, Kittle did go. Kittle did go. Man, if you were sitting at 10 right now, you're, you, man, you just got digs to come around the corner to you. That's really solid value. Saquon Barkley's still there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and there goes Najee Harris. Like, Ian, like, we're going to both have to do, if, if Saquon Barkley gets to us, like, we will, we'll have to disappear and do push ups or something, like, for a minute. Um, I may, I may be gassed after, you know, I get done. So yeah, so it's coming back to us. We just saw Antonio Gibson, Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris all off of the board. Um, so we've got several guys remaining, um, Barkley, Mixon, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, all, you know, players that we love DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, obviously all options as well. Um, coming back towards us in the second round. I, oh man. If Ridley or Nuke are still there, I'm not against going wide receiver. I feel like we got to ride the Saquon train, man. I oh, mean, dude, if Saquon makes it, we're taking him. Okay. Yeah, see if you. you can switch that view over to that board. It'll help people that are watching the video. 
because um, I'll actually be able to see a lot better. Um, so if you, oh, I see what you're saying. There you go. Boom. There we go, people. Let's go. Great day to be great. Yeah, that describes a little bit. Okay, and I gotta switch the. Uh, un momento, we got this. Yeah, there goes Barkley. Oh no, not my Saquon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking oh, at if my Saquon. Uh, made it, made it back here. It would have been like, I would have tried a backflip, which I haven't tried in many years. Yeah, man, I was looking at my post uh, draft there best you ball. Go. Yeah, now you got it. Po- post draft best ball exposure. I am quite literally at fifty percent Saquon. So. A little bit irresponsible, yes. Also, let's go, Saquon. Come on, Saquon Barkley. If you're going to be overexposed to a guy, I'm okay with that guy being Saquon So we've got two picks before us, and there goes Mixon. That's one of the people I had in the queue. Um, I really want this person to take Nick Chubb. I would love to get Calvin Ridley at this spot. If Calvin Ridley goes, I'm open, Ian. I like, I like DK Metcalf. I love Justin Jefferson. I like A.J. Brown. Um, AJ Brown, there's a chance he comes back. He took Nick Chubb. We just got Calvin Ridley at a major discount. Let's go. So we're banging Calvin Ridley. Boom. Without that hesitation. Sounds, that, that sounds bad. I hope Calvin Ridley never listens to this. We are banging <laughs> we are Calvin Ridley. <laughs> I'm banging my desk because I'm not at the loud one that pisses off the uh, podcast <laughs> listeners. Ridley, man, there. I think uh, if anything, Dude, he man. Usually, he usually goes at the beginning of the second. He usually goes in the first four picks of the second. Wow. So we, we just got a, we got a nice value right there. Several running backs want ahead of him that shouldn't. Yeah, so man, I love it. Kamara Ridley as the start. Um, it's this. This is a great. Oh, dude, this is juicy. David Montgomery just went off the board. <laughs> yes, people. Yes, bro. Yes. Real quick on real quick on Clyde because I was I was updating my uh, ten tips to your fantasy draft thing, and he has been one of the top fourteen running backs. I'm trying to come away with. Clyde practiced in full a week ago, people. I know it's kind of been quiet with the ankle injury, but he's good. And we got all the confirmation we needed with them releasing Darwin Thompson. So for everyone that still has their fantasy drafts, you're wondering about Clyde, he's good. So go back to drafting him like, you know, the stud RB we're expecting him to be. I am holding steady with that, you know, top 14. But of course, a little bit different when we're going 1.5 tight end like here. We are in a great spot. Uh, Homeboy from two just took Montgomery and James Robinson. Already tapping on the dead zone, our back running backs. <laughs> so Ian, you're about, own to have, you're about to, oh my God. And there goes Mahomes. This is, this is a uh, AJ Brown never makes it here. Are Let's go still, get our boy. Are you, are you still an AJ Brown truther or are you feeling Lamb, McLaurin or Keenan Allen? I, I want AJ Brown personally, because you just don't get him here. It's going to be a rare team. In fact, as soon as I make the pick, I'm going to look this up in a tool over at fantasy mojo to see how many people have gotten this start. I mean, what yeah, man. Someone asked me like uh, yesterday, I think they said, Ian, is it still AJB wide receiver one season? And I said, of freaking course it is, but everyone knows that this year. So I don't have to be as, you know, obnoxious about it on Twitter every day. Yes. AJ Brown, sign me the hell up. All right. We're going to sign up for AJ Brown, which I am, dude, I am elated. Ian, you are a good luck charm so far. I got to say, <laughs> so I'm going to be, uh, your wife's going to be like, what are you doing? Twain's making me sign into another one of these drafts. Does he do them all day? <laughs> yeah, I know, but he won't let me not get on. There goes CD lamb. Um, so I'm gonna look this up real quick. So I'm gonna look up if you guys uh, are into FFPC, I highly recommend you subscribe into fantasymojo.com. Um, Awesome tools. So you can see the ADPs and then there's this uh, tableau set up. So I'm going to select AJ Brown and I can see how many other teams have been able to start off with this combination. There's AJ Brown. And my guess is there's going to be a few because earlier in the draft season, some of these guys had some discounts. Alvin uh, Kamara. Is that where Mahomes usually goes early round three? No, 
No, that's too early. That's about yeah. a half round to a round too early. We're in a good spot. The two of the people to our left are not real. They're shaky so far. They could improve. But so far, I got a really good vibe. They'd be like sitting at the poker table, knowing the person to your right is never going to raise you. Like, it's really good. About to say, um, we, might have, we might have a spear with a couple of fish here sitting next to us. We'll, uh, we'll see how that um, works out. It was funny. Dwayne was telling me before when he does these, like when you enter the FFPC, is it a green mark next to him, Dwayne, that kind of signifies a shark? Yeah. Well, not always um, because some people just play a lot, but yeah, I mean, you can, it's just like you can uh, do like with DraftKings or any other contest, you know, you get in there, you just want to kind of check out, you know, what does the room look like? I don't give away all the secrets, Ian. I give you some, give you some <laughs> of the, the, the private trade secrets now. It's it's kind of natural, you know, something that you would you would look at. The way I look at it is I'm going to invest in so many of these. Um, you know, I want to be in an optimal situation. So only three, te- three other teams, Ian. Um, <laughs> and I want to say about 8,000 teams have been drafted so far. Only three of those have started with Alvin Kamara, Calvin Ridley, and A.J. Brown. Ooh. How about that? Okay, so we're in a good spot already, Dwayne. Getting a little contrarian. How many, how many overall teams are we competing with here? Um, so right at, I think it's 12,000 now. It might be 14,000. Crap, I'll have to go back and look. Um, okay. It's 12 or 14,000. Um, so the way that uh, enough, way it works. Enough so to get a little, enough to get a little crazy, not enough to go full contrarian idiot. Well, and you still want to win your league. <laughs> so you, you want to win your league first. You play okay. weeks one through 12, uh, and there's four seeds that make it in the playoffs. And so you want to win your league and you win money for that. And then if you win your league or if you leagued your league in points or you have the best record. Now, if, if any of those things are the same, it takes the number of teams from each league advancing after the playoffs um, down. But what happens is in weeks 13 and 14, you're playing in the league playoffs for your 12 team league. If you make it past that into around the championship round for weeks 14, 15 and 16, or sorry, it's 15, 16 and 17 this year because we've got an extra week. So weeks 15, 16, and 17 this year, you're actually in a race with everybody else that won their league or won their league in points and didn't win their league or had their best record and didn't also lead in points or win their league. I'm a little confusing, but basically, typically two teams from every league goes into the playoff round. And then you're, it's more like a DFFS content contest. You're just putting in all waiver wire moves are all locked at that point. You're just starting your best players every week. You, the first week of the playoffs, you start with your average of your season score. So your season average is your week one score. And then for weeks 15, 16, and 17, you're racing it out. And whoever wins that point race is who wins the 500 grand. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking. Uh, and by the way, people, I think I have my uh, audio just a little bit messed up there. So apologies for not having that volume uh, quite high enough. First time we're trying to do the StreamYard live here, but will not be the last one. Dwayne and I are trying to enter three of these there. So Good stuff there. I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen a bigger tight end run. I guess it's happening now. Odds I'm jinxing it. Yeah, this but. is about where it happens. This is about where it happens. Okay. It's usually around the mid-third to late third. And that's where I actually um, – I've talked to some people about this, um, some other guys that I know that play in a lot of these. That's where I think it becomes smart. Once you get to the middle of third, I think you take Hawkinson or Pitts. Um, now, in this case, I would not have taken Hawkinson at pick seven because McLaurin and Keenan Allen were both there. That's not normal. Yeah. Um, so you want to go ahead and grab Keenan Allen or McLaurin at that point. But once you get past those two players, there's kind of a tier of receivers for me. And like, and, and I love all these receivers, but Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, who we just saw both go at the turn. They're both, they're both great players. You got Mike Evans, you got Tyler Lockett, you got Chris Godwin, you got, uh, you know, you got Cooper cup. They're all kind of the same. 
But if you miss on Hawkinson, Pitts, or Andrews, there's definitely a drop, right, at the yeah. at the tight end spot. Okay. Keenan Allen. Matt Harmon asked me this question on the PFF pod last week. What are people missing here? I've had this dude as my PPR wide receiver six ever since the Michael Thomas injury happened. And I just, you know, I haven't been screaming it from the top of the mountain. I thought we were all pretty cool with Keenan Allen. Dwayne, it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever for Keenan to finish as the overall wide receiver one. I know he's never scored more than eight touchdowns in a year, but he also just did eight and 13 injury, you know, impacted games with Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen might be someone that we look back on and we just say, how the hell was this guy going as sometimes a borderline wide receiver one? Yeah. I mean, I love Keenan Allen. Um, I'm it's he's in this, he, he goes in an interesting spot, right? Because he goes right there with that group of other young players like AJ Brown, mm-hmm. CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. So it's kind of like, are you are you going to place a bet on one of those players making a step forward, or do you want to go ahead and take like the proven thing, which to your point could have some hidden upside that we're not thinking about, right? And and a player like um, Keenan Allen, who we know is just an elite route runner, really difficult to cover. Keenan's quarterback or Simpatico, they're on the same page. Um, so he's a player I love to get. Honestly, I don't own enough of him, Ian. But it's kind of like <laughs> what you said. It's not because I don't like him. I really do like him. It's just where I've landed in drafts, it hasn't quite worked out. So Godwin is off the board. DeAndre Swift is off the board. Miles Sanders just went. Um, So we are setting right now at pick four. It's three picks away from us. Uh, If I didn't mention Chris Godwin just went. Um, Bro, Godwin. All right. I'm I'm not sure if you saw that Buccaneers game, Dwayne, where Brady had two drives. He is back. And I don't know if people remember, but Chris Godwin last year, Week one, he suffers a concussion. Week three, he suffers a grade two hamstring strain. Week seven, he fractures his finger. The dude's still at 81 catches, 1,072 yards, eight tutties, and 16 games, including playoffs. That's your floor. Yeah. It could be a hell of a lot more. I even I'm saw. You. Uh, I think it's kind of funny because I see a lot of these other receivers, and you know how we both love Deontay and we both love Ayuk mm-hmm. and we love all these other guys. But I see a lot of people press saying, hey, you should take them over Godwin. And my thought is Godwin's still an ascending young player, too, that just got hurt. Last year, everybody wanted to draft Godwin in the second round over DeAndre Hopkins. And now you're pushing him down to the fourth. I just find Come that on. interesting. Yeah. T. Higgins just went. So we've got two picks from us, Ian. Um, and I've got two people in our queue. And one of them just went with Mr. Tyler Lockett. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... Here's what we're hoping for, Ian. Um, I, I don't even want to say it aloud. You can you can see our queue. <laughs> I have it at the top of our queue. Um, we got to make sure we don't have any moles in here right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so, I, I get kind of okay. paranoid. Yeah, so yes. And what we wanted just happened. What do we talk we about? We have to go Andrews here, right? We yes. just have to get our tight end. Yes. Dude, Mark Andrews, people forget. He played hurt. The for, the, for later in the season last year. Yeah. But once he got going down the stretch, man, he was seeing... 30% of the targets like every week. Now, having said that, when you have a team that runs the ball 75 times and only passes 10, I know, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's not always but when a ton every of wide receiver is hurt. But I love I love Andrews. He is still yeah. in that tier for me, and I think basically um if things don't go right like perfect for Kyle Pitts, you basically just got Mark you just basically got Kyle Pitts around later by getting Mark Andrews, right? Because I think the floor for Kyle Pitts is being kind of like a Mark Andrews this year. Maybe a little worse because that's kind of giving a little bit of a discredit to Mark Andrews. But we just got good value again, man. And we're sitting in a great spot. We've got an anchor running back. We have two young stub receivers and we've got Mark Andrews. It's really hard um, for folks to, 
I don't want to say nobody can hurt us now, but we're, <laughs> we're kind of insulated. You know, we've got a lot of the things we need. So going behind us, you got Daryl Henderson, another um, back. I'm just not crazy about taking in this round just because of all the receivers that are here. I do like Daryl Henderson, but I'm a little worried about Sony Michelle. I don't know your thoughts are there, but DJ Moore winner after us. Um, I'm gonna I think go Henderson, Henderson's a prime example of people getting on the guy. And then we had new information come instead of just taking that new information and accordingly adjusting. I think people are just putting their foot down and trying to live by the same decision they made after Cam Akers got hurt. I think Henderson is better than Sony. And I know you can pull up the stats from last year and Sony was actually better in quite a few of them, but you know, I'm not, not, not going to be a slave to metrics here. I think Henderson's better. The problem is it really doesn't matter what we think, Dwayne. It matters what the Rams think. They thought yeah. enough of Sony to send two picks for him. So for me, I've just been avoiding both of them because they're both being reached on uh, past where I'm kind of going right now. So the two hole and the one hole are opposites. If you want to kind of let the folks in on what's going on. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Chase yeah. Evans. We got, we got robust, <laughs> extreme robust RB going on right next to us. And folks, I absolutely love it. He started taking dead zone running backs in round two. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What's I mean, his team name? My team. I mean, we need we need to message Pat Corain. Pat Corain thinks the dead zone starts <laughs> after like pick two. Well, this guy like is already he's got four. There goes Adam Thielen. So, uh, Ian, this okay. is your time to shine, man. Um, I love Brandon Ayuk. I like Claypool. I like Jamar Chase. I like Jerry Judy. I like all of these players here. I prefer I preferably I would like to wait on running back just because of the receivers that are here. Um, I typically oh, yeah, I, let the, I let the quarterback slide until they come back to me in round six in these. But I want your thoughts here because, I mean, Do I think there's a lot of good players to pick from. I'm choosing to ignore the kind of weird Judy week three usage. I think he's still going to be a number one in Denver. Let's go Jerry Judy. I'm more concerned about Ayuk than uh, Judy. All right. I like it. Jerry Judy on the squad, man. Lock it up. Let's freaking go. And I will say, you know, out of this group, Beckham, Tyler Boyd, like I actually do have them ranked higher. I could have thought about it. But Dwayne, I mean, you know, we've talked about this on the more like, you know, redraft center pods. Like in round four, round five, I'm more willing to take the guy with the higher ADP because we have a chance at least maybe that those guys could swing back to us. You know, yes. if we're round 12, we're round 12 or something. Okay, we'll go out and get our guy. But for now, like this is a good chance where you take the guy that maybe if you're not quite as high, you know he's going to be gone soon. And then hopefully, Fingers crossed the guy comes back. This happened to me all freaking summer because I had Deontay Johnson wide receiver 15. And I'm like, well, I can't take him now. I can't take him now. <laughs> now I'll do it. It's can I now? Can I now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we've got Gus Edwards and Josh Jacobs immediately go after us. And, and, and man, those are not bad round five picks. I, I here's, just, my, here's my question, though, with Gus. Why are we just pretending like Baltimore's not going to add anyone? And I know what Harbaugh said. They're not interested in Gurley. They're not interested in Gurley because every NFL team is making their cuts right now. And I'm assuming the Ravens are going to pick up somebody or trade for someone within the next 48 hours. Like, I just don't see a scenario where they don't do this to some extent, Dwayne. And once that happens, people are going to freak out and move Gus down to probably where he should have been all along. Yeah, and, I, and it, here's the thing for me. I don't know that they have to sign anyone for Gus to still share the work. They just want they want to rotate backs. I think they're going to give um, Tyson Hill, uh, Williams, Tyson, I just mixed their two backs, Justice Hill <laughs> and Tyson Williams. I think they're going to give Tyson Williams, 
you know, chance they could, to your point, still sign someone. But even if they don't, I just don't think that they want to give that huge workload to one back, especially now when you have J.K. Dobbins hurt. So I think they're going to want to try to keep J.K. Dobbins fresh and to, I mean, not J.K. Dobbins, but to keep Gus Edwards fresh. And to do that, I think that they like Tyson uh, Williams. And the thing for me is like people forget Gus Edwards, he was not a drafted player either. Right. I mean, this is kind of the, the MO. The Ravens don't mind having some of these backs on their squad and depending on them, even though they weren't high draft picks. So I think with their scheme, with everything they would do with Lamar Jackson, um, it creates a lot of room for backs. I don't think you have to be an elite back in that scheme to do really well. I'm just my thing with Tyson Williams. I hear he's having a great camp and everything, and that's fine. Justice Hill is someone, though, where we saw in 2019, he played the most snaps in their playoff game. Last year, literally our most relevant split without Ingram or Dobbins happened in week 12 against the Steelers. A little bit of a fluky game. They got down a couple scores, and that's what caused Gus to kind of fall out of favor. But Justice Hill literally outtouched him, and it was a 51 to 49% snap count. Like, even if it is Williams as the number two, I don't think Hill's just going away. So when I see people trying to target these guys in the late round, like these are the backup running backs we don't want to target because the situation is incredibly murky. And if Edwards goes down, like are we really expecting Tyson Williams to just all of a sudden be featured featured? I'm sure not. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I, I think it's going to be more of a, you know, a committee in that particular situation. So it's... It, it's, it's one where I'm with you. I'm not going nuts. I don't mind him, though. Like, where Edwards is going, I think he's about priced right. You know, with Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, um, Javante yeah, Williams went fun. off the board, who's a player that I really do love, especially since they held him out of that game. Bro, he's which starting. I think, yeah. Right? I, yeah. Yeah, I've already got him. I went in and bumped him up today. I moved him up my rankings. And, you know, everybody knows, like, I've been the person saying, look, typically it's really hard for second-round backs to overcome someone like Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon being hurt left that door open. And now Melvin Gordon's looking up and going, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, Javante is probably going to run away with my job here. I, I think Melvin Gordon and Royce Freeman are still going to mix in on the passing downs. And then what you're hoping is eventually as the season goes on, you take that over. Now, there's a chance that the Broncos, you know, play from ahead more. Um, they got a defensive-minded coach, so you know they're going to be willing just to run in games if they need to. Um, so, it's bro, just, and their it's, defense is loaded legit. this year. I've <laughs> I've been telling people like if you know I get now like you don't have to necessarily not draft a defense anymore. I still probably wouldn't honestly. Like I'm going full no defense, no kicker uh, to the grave. But I get it. There's no more you know games or anything. If you want to just go ahead and fill out your roster, that's fine. But still wait. And if you just look at if you want like a decent defense at a minimum and a good schedule, it's the Broncos and the Bills. People, I mean this Broncos starting stretch. Daniel Jones and the Giants in week one. Then we get the Jaguars, the Jets, Ravens, Steelers, Raiders. Like, that's all you can ask for there. And, hey, if you don't want to run them up against the freaking, you know, Browns or whatever in week six or even the Raiders who aren't bad, cut them and find someone else. But I would just say Broncos and Bills, if you wait on defense, as you should, they can get you through the first couple weeks at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Claypool just went off the board. Um You've got um, Juju Smith-Schuster just went off the board. So a lot of running backs have gone since we picked. Since we picked Gus Edwards, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Javonta Williams, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, and Trey Sermon have all left the queue. Um, we do still have um, some very freaking interesting players available um, to us right now. We are two. We are one pick away. 
If you want to send up a little prayer for Lamar Jackson, I will allow you to do so. Damn it. I should, see, I should never say it out loud, Ian. I should Blaine! never say it out loud. Come I screwed on. it up. What am I doing? What am I uh, freaking? Sh- I'm such an amateur. Shout out to uh, Joey in the chat who was calling for the Lamar stack. We tried, Joey. We, we, yeah, wanted it so bad. So here's the thing here, Ian. So if you look at our, if you hit refresh and you look at our uh, running back tiers and what we've got, we got 39 seconds here. Um, I, said, I, I, I think it's a spot wide to, receiver. We could, but it's also, here's the deal. It's I a spot, it's a spot where we go ahead and grab Mostert and have him. And at least we've got him, and then we can come back and throw some other things at it later. Now, if you want to take one of these receivers, I'm okay. But no, here's no, the no, thing: a, I think yeah. one of the receivers I love a receiver, whichever receiver comes back to us, I still love. You're right, Mostert. Get him. Get right, the 49ers RB one. We've been preaching for months already. Yeah, no, I, I looked at it and I wanted a you know a certain wide receiver one out of Cleveland that's going undervalued this year. Uh, I agree. But, no, no, you're agree. right. There's five or six guys here that we should be I good about. I think that's the pick if we don't take Mostert, is just to go mm-hmm. ahead and take Beckham Jr. It's just the way this board fell. And then there goes Damian Harris, right? Because what we'll want to do now is we'll just want to tack on later, like either a Sony Michelle, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, someone like that. And then we want to, you and I want to do the thing we love to do, which is we want to get a Pollard, a Madison, a Chuba Hubbard. We'd like to get two guys out of a tier like that. That sets a team like this up to just totally pop off. Because if one of those guys ends up, like say Mostert gets us through the first five weeks, whatever, Sermon takes over or Mostert gets dinged up, who knows what happens? It's, it's football, right? But and all of a sudden, if a Dalvin Cook goes down, if an Ezekiel Elliott goes down, like look at this, AJ Dillon in the sixth round of this guy going robust RB. That's a two round reach. Uh, he is not letting the pedal oh. off. He's not letting the pedal off. And and so the deal is like when these guys do these things like this, they think it's hurting everyone, and it does hurt some people. But like it, if you play it right, dude, he's just pushing so much value, <laughs> and he just took Jamal Williams. So like his team is like basically dead. Like his team is done. Like the, the season hasn't started and his team is dead. Absolutely dead. Come on. We need one more pick. And I'm not going to say who it is, but the chat wants it. I want it. Legendary collegiate player. Just won a pretty famous trophy last year. Number one receiver on his own team. Come on. My team sucks. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> what a team name, by the way. I, I respect it. Yeah, and we can change this team name. I just didn't know what you wanted to do. I well, always do. I always do like one line yes! from, from Tombstone. All right, I'm I'm totally. We are simpatico here. Um, I love Devonta Smith. We're taking it. You ready? Lock it in, man. Let's freaking go. We got Devonta. That's a steal. We got three Alabama receivers, baby. Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith. Lock it up. <laughs> <laughs> Reading excellence. I will take it, Dwayne. I am a fan of this start, sir. So do yeah, we need to be because it's 1.5. Do we care about going like a second tight end with any sense of urgency or because the crop we, we're looking at is so mediocre? We just like, want to play the value. And if you're looking at if you also have the queue open and a separate window for you, you can see the ADP and you can see the yeah. ADP list that I sent to you. So basically, I just keep an eye on that. I don't let those tight ends slide. So, for example, if Tyler Higby came all the way back down to us, I think he's a player that you definitely consider. Um, okay. A guy like Noah Fant is a player you consider. I'm not crazy about owning two pieces of the Denver offense um, per se. I'm not against it, you know, at the right value. But Higby would be the one, given the way we've constructed our roster, that I would definitely be open to. And actually, I'm going to get him over uh, in the queue. My guess is he's going to go 
I would actually be open to Fant too if he made it that far back, um, because at that point you're just getting you're getting a value. Um, and if you well, guys, well, you follow, talked earlier about uh, you talked earlier about Mark Andrews being a little bit banged up last year, not quite being the same yes. guy. That was no fan to a team, man. I know he only missed one game, but if you ever studied like in season injury reports, that dude had one thing or another wrong all season. Yak God as a rookie. No fan, man. I just acquired him in a dynasty league the other week and just could not be happier. I think he's gonna be the next big tight end. Would you take Hawkinson or Fant for the next five years? So I think I would take Fant. I would take Hawkinson. I would take Hawkinson, but but I, I like both players, man. It's funny that they played at the same damn college. Like, how did that? How right. did you get those two studs like that? And, for, and and leave it to Iowa to still run the ball forty times a game. But I guess they had him blocking, so all good. I'm just a Buckeye hater. I still haven't gotten that Iowa loss uh, off my chest because they don't play every year. Hurtful, Dwayne. It hurts. Yeah, I mean sometimes okay. you know sometimes the scars are deep. You know, Ian. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it happens. I have those. I have some of those too. Hey, mine is actually from this league. Um, it's Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz wounded me so deeply. And it was actually Nick Foles. I mean, we were down to the last plays of the game and Nick Foles overthrows a swing pass, basically. Not a swing pass, but Zach Ertz sitting wide open in the flat overthrows it by like two yards over his head. That one catch would have taken me from my 30 grand that I won in this to 250 oh, grand. Oh my God. One I'm so sorry. Well, you yeah. know, I had like a much lower um, utility <laughs> problem I was talking about. My goodness, man. I don't know how you still wake up every day after that. The next day I, was tough. My brother hung out with me. He actually, he and his kids were over and they just ended up spending the night. And like his, his, his kids are younger than mine. It's funny at the time, his youngest son, Henry, was probably like three or four they were all running around. It's funny. And he had no clues to be he's just, he's just going, Ertz, Ertz, Ertz. Like the whole house is like going nuts for Ertz. Um, so yeah, they, they, they hung around and uh, hung out with me uh, for the weekend. And uh, it's, uh, they got me through it. So it was, it was fine. And real quick, people <laughs> just figured out how to show comments on StreamYard. Feeling pretty good about it. And Steven, 2-1, great point. Oh, no, he's going way too low, man. I've tried to be higher on him throughout the whole offseason season. Hey, we got to make sure he's going to be perfectly healthy. But similar to Saquon, man, like I feel like they're getting penalized for these health problems that really aren't getting any worse. Like we're aware of the injury, but everything has been checking the box in terms of their return to action. So I know everyone saw that uh, one hand, just, you know, Odell looking like Odell in the pregame uh, last night. So I've had him ahead of the Bengals wide receivers, you know, ahead of DJ Moore, ahead of a lot of guys that a lot of people don't necessarily see eye to eye with me there. When Beckham got hurt last year, people, in those first six weeks, he was still the wide receiver 19. Like, if we had to draft him like we did last year when he had an ADP as the wide receiver 12, no, of course, to be fading him, we don't have to. He's going as like a wide receiver 30. So as bad, quote, as relatively bad as he's been in Cleveland, he's still undervalued even on that scale. And God forbid we start seeing the guy we saw in New York or even just 90% of that guy, and he's going to smash that ADP. No doubt. So, yeah, so two guys I used to get all the time just went after us. I used to get Marquez Callaway and Corey Davis pretty much every draft, and it's, it's, get, it's just gotten harder now. And I know you're, you're on Corey Davis as well. He just went in the eighth round. Uh, we had Callaway go at the end of the seventh. So people have gotten pretty Ooh. aggressive on him. And, and I think there's a lot of people sleeping on Callaway. Um, like when I go watch Callaway and I look at him and the connection that he and Winston have and the catches that he made in that game, they're not just your average everyday stuff, Ian. Um, and I know I may not be a pro scout and I don't think that I am. 
Um, but you can see these connections. Um, and I know he wasn't, he wasn't a drafted player, but this is also Sean Payton. Sean Payton has turned seventh round Marquise Colston, who nobody thought was anything into something. Sean Payton turned Lance freaking Moore into something. <laughs> who knew who Lance Moore was before Sean Payton? You know, Lance Moore was a top 24 receiver under Sean Payton. So I, I think there's a lot of good things going in favor of Callaway. And I'll be honest, like he, he looked like a baller. He just looked like a flat out baller. So there goes Fant and Higby. They both go off the board. Um, Ian. So, and back to your Odell Beckham Jr. comment, the simplest way I can put Odell Beckham Jr. is I think he could be an arbitrage play on Calvin Ridley if he's fully healthy. Basically, you've got a, a, an offense that's going to want to lean on the run more. I know the Falcons were huge passing last year. They're still going to trail. We'll have to throw more than what the Titans did. I get all that, but Arthur Smith's going to try to make this a more balanced team and it's going to funnel through Ridley and then through Pitts. I think you could have in the fifth or sixth round, potentially Odell Beckham Jr., you're getting the same type of player. Yes, he's older and he's towards that part of the career where target shares and things like that can start to tell off and it's already happened to him. But to your point, mostly just because of injury. So if Beckham can be fully healthy, I don't buy into all of the, well, he didn't look good with with Baker Mayfield, right? They they just got to get on the same page. He's a good player. Um, it's in a scheme that creates looks, you know, off of play action for players to get run after the catch yardage, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Odell Beckham Jr. We had to just make a roster construction decision. The more exciting pick than Mostert would have been Beckham Jr. But when we got to come back and get Devonta Smith, too, and make sure we had Mostert, it's just the it was just the practicality of it that we had to take in that we had to keep in mind. All right, Dwayne, I see you at the top of the queue. I'm not going to spoil it. I will just say I'm happy that, you know, I'm not saying you were out on this guy by any stretch throughout the summer, but he's someone I've really, I feel like, been pounding the desk for for the last at least month, month and a half. And I remember talking to you on a pod and you had just done a study kind of looking at how some of these highly drafted players just get fed in their first year. And I just haven't seen you be this excited about someone. So, you know, we can get the full breakdown in a second. I don't want um <laughs> Yeah, Neither so I think we do us, have but... a decision, though. I think we do have a decision uh, because the t- team one needs a running back. And so the player just below the player you're mentioning, um, I think is also worth a look at this particular pick. So, all right, Waddle versus Sony. Yeah. Spoil it for everyone out there. Ooh. And there goes Tanyan. So we're good. We have our choice of it. There's a chance Waddle comes back. I think Sony. there's a chance, too. Could Sony come back? And if, if Waddle doesn't come back, I still like Elijah Moore a lot. Oh, that's a good point. You Whereas know I mean? kind of like our last potential. To Sony's really the player back. that I like over Pollard because basically he has all the same upside as Pollard and he already has in baked in points. He's going to score more points than Pollard without his without the other player being injured. Who actually, yeah, he's up flex with benefits that might also already be a workhorse if uh, Schefter knows anything. Okay, I'm cool with Sony here, and we'll cross our fingers. We'll cross cross our our fingers. Waddle comes back, and if Waddle doesn't come back, I'm willing to be aggressive on. I'm willing to be aggressive on Pollard, but I'm just looking at the. I'm looking through the tiers right now, making sure that I've got everybody over here that we want to have over. Um, I'm I'm prepared for Dream Crush, you know, on Waddle, but I, I can live with it. If we get Waddle, we will. Oh my God, we should have just done it. We would have had four Alabama receivers. <laughs> <laughs> just keep adding to the to the group. I know Pollard's actually good. Keep pup with Aaron. You know, it's a fair point. 
With Look that at this said, guy. people, we're Ronald chasing Jones. the opportunity. We're chasing the opportunity here. That's all it is. And Pollard, as good as he is, like he turned in an overall RB1 finish in that 49ers game. Looked awesome doing so. What happened the next week when Zeke was back? He got 20 plus touches again. So Tony might be that guy from day one. Tony, you know, we're hoping that Zeke gets hurt. And hey, that is an upside play that, you know, you shouldn't be Man. against. I mean, hey, Dwayne, if these guys come back, I want Waddle. Do we take Pollard and just be done with running back? We could. You, you'll like have to reach through your screen and arm through your screen and like arm muscle <laughs> me though. Uh, but you know, hey, I, I want one of the two players, right? And there goes Pollard. Oh, easy. Mayor decision force. Yeah. So the guy um, at pick two, or the person at pick two, I should say, is still not taking a receiver. They own all running backs and two tight ends. So they just took Mike Gusecki in the in the pick before they totally wasted with Leonard Fournette. So if you're looking at my sheet, Ian, they'll notice there's certain players that just have their names already crossed out, and that means I never freaking draft them. <laughs> was that was that Mike? <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. yeah. No, Gusecki, I do draft sometimes, okay. just rarely. Um, but no, I'm talking about Fournette. Oh yeah, bro. That's the thing. Like I should have. I think next year when I do my offseason rankings, I'll just. Let's just leave guys off the board at some point or just really put them down because having Rojo and Fournette, you know, I think a lot of people put them just in the 30 range because you're like, hey, it's still Tampa Bay potential, you know, early down guys. But every single time I get to them, I just pick someone else. So I, I hear you there. And we're going Waddle. Let's get another dream. dream has come. Hey, can you see the queue? If you can see the queue, yeah. if you just want to click on that draft button just to fill it, just you want to <laughs> see what it feels like, like just to get to okay. feel the magic. I'm down. Hold on. Let me take one more drink first. I'm, I just really yeah, want to appreciate this moment. Don't, don't, don't. If you click me, Cole Hartman, I'm driving to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> to kick my ass. Jalen Waddle, welcome to the Boom. squad. Another do it. Bama receiver. God, that felt good. So Ooh. is the team name now like Bama Jammer or something? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you, you're better at nicknames and shit like that than me. I'm, 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 I'm going to let you work on that. That's going to be like your I, fucking I, I department. just named my, uh, oh, this is funny, man. So uh, I was in this uh, sleeper draft last week and they had a, uh, Freaking Lamar, or what's the crazy dad's name? Lamar Ball, right? Or LeVar. LeVar yes. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hire, they do the, you know, whatever the hell that thing's called. They get LeVar Ball to name all the names of the people in there. And as everyone knows, my last name, yeah, Ian Harditz. And you might say hard tits, depending on if you pronounce it wrong. So LeVar gets to my name. And I've heard my name screwed up by more more ways than you can imagine. LeVar Ball goes, Ian Hortitz. And then he just pauses for a second and he goes, Okay, and then just moves on to the next one. <laughs> anyway, home team drafted Darren Waller, team name, big Waller brand. And I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Um, Ian Hortitz. So we'll take it. We'll take it. Y'all yeah, want to call I, me that after LeVar? That's fine. I, I'm sure that's how you became a linebacker was growing up with that last name. You're like, you guys, uh, quit, you guys, you're like, you guys quit messing with me. <laughs> Just got bullied into playing football because of my stupid name. Oh, well, <laughs> I can't wait to see the uh, ADP guy that takes Dobbins. I would love if into the auto drafter that gets Dobbins. I would love if like, cause again, I, I think it's unfair when someone times out and they get a lot of times rewarded with the highest guy available. Like, if someone gets injured and they're out, like that should be the first guy they pick. Or it should be what uh you know Scott Fish does in the Scott Fish Bowl, and I see it on a lot of other uh my MFL formats. Your, your pick gets skipped. And when you're ready to make a pick, you can go make the pick. But if the person after you wants a player, that's getting taken. That's one of my least favorite kind of long-standing fantasy uh rule settings we have. And to me, like it's just um it's an incentive 
to just go ahead and set, go in and set up your queue. If your queue is set up and you're on auto draft, it should be allowed, right? I mean, if you went in and you created your own draft list and you said, I'm just letting this thing auto pick for me, that's one thing. But if they haven't done that and you're just letting it pick off the players off the top of the heap every time, I agree with you. Like, I hate that. It drives me nuts, in fact. Look at this. Michael Gallup's still sitting here in round nine. Uh, Mike Williams is still there. Um, this was Team Two's long play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Team Two <laughs> is just pushing it all that. I mean, basically, you're right. It's a pick. It's at least four picks so far, maybe five, where they're just forcing you know players down the board by multiple spots. So there goes Gallup. Um, that was just too easy. Like honestly, the guy before that should have taken Gallup. He's got he got Prescott in the seventh, which is a value where he got him, yeah. and he could have added Gallup. But you had Jarvis Landry. I don't get it. Sorry, yeah, sorry. You're probably a great person. It's Ducks dynasties. Actually, I've drafted against those folks before. <laughs> I do like them, so I'm not trying to bust them too much. I just would have made the stack there personally. Jar- Jarvis is someone I can't really get behind. Last year, he got the Beckham injury, and he still wasn't able to do really anything other than provide, you know, wide receiver three value. So, like, if you want to get that, that's fine. But man, in that range, man, give me Gallup, give me Mike Williams, give me someone that at least has some semblance of you know potential wide receiver one upside i mean nothing against jarvis he's been beating his adp for the better part of the past half decade he's just one of those guys where you know if you he's maybe like the only player that was like better at least in terms of production with adam Gase just feeding him like triple digit targets like no one's freaking business uh for all those years so i I don't know i don't get it with jarvis man like i think he'll be fine but why draft someone that's only gonna be fine like give me that upside yeah, I agree. I, like Jarvis, I would feel a lot different if he went like where Sterling Shepard goes. Like that's where I feel like he should go. It's more like in a range with Sterling Shepard. And, you know, I love, honestly, I love Jarvis Landry, the player. Like I, oh, I, I like watching him play. I mean, talk about a guy that just overcame like a lot of odds, you know, to be where he's at. There goes Trey Lance. Favorite uh, wide receiver's favorite wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he's a baller, man. I mean, he's a baller. Yeah. No, um, he's had a great career. I just think he's probably seen his best days. Like, I mean, I'm shocked he played as much. I'm shocked he even played 16 games last year because he had that hip surgery like late into the offseason. And he still came back and looked relatively okay. So, you know, it's probably just my OBJ fandom homerism in me. So, you know, we'll see. I'm sure Jarvis will be ADP for the 25th straight year. So what's your uh, what's your take here? Michael Thomas just went off the board in the 10th. He's got a wide range in this thing. Like I see him going the 7th to the 9th. 10th is honestly kind of late for him. Um, Thomas is just a guy I haven't been messing with because I'm, I'm still worried about, is he going to come back healthy? Is he going to re-injure himself? And I just worry about the relationship with the Saints. I know that the word on the street is that, hey, they've smoothed everything over. It's all good. You know, everything's, you know, he and Peyton are on the same page and everything. But I don't know, man. I just... I really struggle to pull the trigger and it's, it's a player that I love, but I mean, Michael Thomas is also 28 years old and it's kind of things are piling up on him and his touches are more like a running backs where he catches the ball inside within 10 yards, safety's coming downhill linebackers in your ear hole. Like it's a, you know, he's taking a beating. And so I just, I I don't want to say I would never take him, but this is your chance to talk me into him because maybe I should gain some exposure to Michael Thomas. What are your thoughts? No, I think you're spot on. I haven't drafted him once since the injury happened. I remember PFF, like they put out a graphic for me, like who, who I was just higher on versus ADP. And I think it was uh, Deontay, Devontae, OBJ, and Michael Thomas. I just thought the targets were going to be there regardless of who the quarterback was. I mean, he didn't get enough credit for still putting up 100-yard games with Taysom and Teddy Bridgewater, who we've seen tank, you know, plenty of other players. 
But with this injury, like you're right, man, four, four, six weeks seems like the most optimistic side of things. And for him to be going, you know, round 10, round 12, no, round 14, 15, maybe I can get behind it. But obviously he is not touching that range. Oh, unfortunately, we had Jalen Hurts yeah. get sniped. I so saw, if you guys are uh, my quarterback plan, it yeah. is Jalen Hurts all the way. But the other one is still uh, there. Um, the other is yes. still there. But we need to have a talk here because I love Tom Brady. I, I, I do believe, like, so you know Matt Waldman. I was on his pod last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. David Johnson, definitely not in our queue, just went. So we're good on that. <laughs> um, there's a couple things here. Um, team one, Why would you draft the freaking Houston Texans running back? Why? I don't know. I don't know. But team, focus. Focus hard. It's um, <laughs> team, team one is definitely taking out Alexander Madison if we let it go. Um, Tom Brady is here. But, man, I would not be upset to own Ryan Tannehill with A.J. Brown and then come back and grab Tua later to go with Waddle. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I don't know. But, man, I love Brady. Brady is in – he's a centerpiece in my quarterback plan. He's here. We don't have any he's, Buccaneers, though. We don't have a single Buccaneer. But it's okay. You don't have to in these. I've I've yeah. finished in the top without the stack. I finished in the top, in the top with a stack. Um Brady, do you, do you I think still we get have, I, have, I, have, I have Brady way higher than I have Tannehill. <laughs> okay. So, do we think can we get Tannehill at our next pick, eleven oh four? We can get him, but I don't want to take two quarterbacks here. We need to take something else. That's what I'm saying. So let's take. So do you want to take Madison and just get the big time upside back right now, and then, and then we'll see be what done happens with coming back? Backs. Yeah, let's take Madison. He's our last running back. All right. I promise you that is what Team One wanted. And, and for crush, everyone out there, crushing dreams, yes. crushing dreams. Everyone, everyone out there that got burned on the Madison, you know, week five against the Falcons or whenever, maybe it was week six. Just realize that game was 21-0 in the third. Yes, Amir Abdullah will make him, unfortunately, a little more game strip dependent than we would hope. But people, we have like, we had three examples last year of Dalvin pretty much getting hurt or being out. And two of those, Madison cleared 20 touches with ease. He was the overall RB4 in week 17. I understand all you stopped caring about fantasy in week 17, as you should. Just realize, like, if something happens to Dalvin, even if Madison isn't that top five running back, maybe we thought he was going to be, you're still going to be hard-pressed to rank him outside the top 12 if Dalvin's out. Yeah, totally. I, I think you have an RB1 every week. So there goes Brady, and it's okay. Well, I, I, you know, there's roster construction decisions you have to make. And normally I would have not liked that. I would have been like, damn it, Brady. But because we've got AJ Brown, I do like the opportunity to stack it up. And so the gentleman at one that is really having a nice draft, honestly, McCaffrey, Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Boyd, Odell Beckham, for Christ's sakes, Ian, are you drafting two teams? Are you double drafting on me? Like that sounds like something at, you would draft at right least, there. At least he took Goddard, and I'm not sure what he was, uh, you know, exactly doing there. I guess at that point he just needed to get a tight end. But yeah, that is a uh, solid roster right there. And that's, you know, people, if you have your drafts coming up like this weekend, don't do mock drafts. Like just go to Underdog Fantasy or FFPC. FFPC is going to be more pricey usually. Just but do they a do, five dollar best ball. Cheap, they do have cheaper ones, but yes, Underdog okay. is our official. Um, you know, representative yeah. of PFF. So it's right, but- like, shut up and let me do that. <laughs> I'm just, I'll tell you, oh, George is paging me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but no, God damn, Dwayne, make me lose my thought now. Uh, yeah, but just, okay, an underdog, when you have money in it, people are staying till the last pick, which is what you want. If you're doing a mock, people take their first five picks and they leave. 
That's why so many of these sites' ADPs are messed up. So just put a little skin in the game, and you yeah. won't be sorry. We gotta take Tanner throw. We, we don't. We don't have to. So sometimes Ooh. you gotta get ballsy. So listen, every quarterback, every team after us has a quarterback. Oh, Dwayne, I like where your head's at. They could do this to us, but I'm okay, man. I can live with it. Elijah get, Moore is screaming, get Elijah Moore. Elijah let's Moore is screaming at us. He would have been gone three rounds earlier if he had played this preseason. Exactly. Boom. Lock it up. Wow. Wow, I'm getting nervous now. You, like, if we end up getting Tannehill, you got to let me push the button again. That was, <laughs> that was pretty okay, awesome last Tannehill, time. This could be Tannehill's even. all yours. <laughs> Tannehill's all yours. And he could go here. Look, he could go. Because people, at some point, they'll start taking their backup. So the, the, the most danger is pick 11 because they took Trey Lance. So they could take Trey Lance saying, yeah. that's my long-term answer. But I want to come back here, right? And I want to be able to be able to use Tannehill early in the season. Now, good news is he's got Jamar Chase, so he could easily want to stack uh, Joe Burrow. Um, that's really the only stackable option that he would draft at this point. But he does have Chenault too, so he could feel great. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played better this weekend, so that could be in his plans as well. The way I look at it is I don't overworry about the stacks. I don't force them. I want them to be a value because when you force them, um, it, you know, you kind of negate the value, to be honest. It's, it's a, it is a good strategy to have. So last year, when I, I had a team last year that was in the top five uh, until the very last week, and man, a huge part of it was Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. But I was drafting Josh Allen in the ninth or 10th round, and I was getting Diggs in the sixth, right? It wasn't like I was forcing, you know, a third round receiver and a seventh round quarterback. Not that that's what we were doing here. Cole Komet, that was a good pick. We just had him in our queue. Um, yeah. Usually I get him around like round uh, 13, but with Evan Ingram, Smith going down, Gerald Everett went off the board early in this draft. Jared Cook's already gone off the board. Um, honestly, had we not taken Elijah Moore or Tannehill, Cole Komet was who we had up next in our queue. Would you agree? I feel like, again, you want a big three tight end. I think if you don't get that, try to stop the run and get Logan Thomas before you get into you know, deep, deep sea territory. Unfortunately, if you're in that position, you just need to shoot darts. Cole Komet, Andrew Erickson's guy, Austin Hooper. I think Blake Jarman gives some potential because you can get him at the very end. And then and then Gerald Everett. And I think those are kind of our new four late round tight ends. Maybe Gronk, do we go on that road after seeing that first team usage you had? I mean, I think you could. You know he's still going to rotate though. But but I'm fine drafting Gronk. He's already gone here too. Like the tight ends, look, look how much, look at all the tight ends that went Sheesh. from um, in round eight. It was Higby, Fant, Jonu Smith, Robert Tanyan, Dallas Goddard, coming back around, Jacecki, Gronk, right? And then in the 10th, you had Gerald Everett go, and in the 11th, Jared Cook and Cole Komet. So when the tight ends go this early, and I already own an anchor tight end, um, I don't feel like forcing them because that means they're giving me other value. And it's like I can fill out my roster in different ways. Um, we eventually want to grab another tight end here, but we can, um, we can get an Austin Hooper later. We can get a Blake Jarwin. We can get, uh, you know, we can get a Zach Ertz later if we have to hell I'll take Irv Smith at this point as our two and just let him sit there for the first three to four weeks. Unless you've heard anything new on his injury. I still haven't heard a, a definitive declaration other than, well, he's going to miss the start of the season. That's one of my top questions for Dr. Edwin Porras. You all can check out that edition of the PFF fantasy football podcast on Wednesday. Try to get all the injury updates there right before your draft. And by the way, people, quick uh, team two update. After going <laughs> Travis Kelsey with the second overall pick, uh, we got three, oh, six, six straight running backs and then two more tight ends and Tom Brady. We'll see if a wide receiver ever ends up on the squad. Stay tuned.
<laughs> no receivers. Oh my god. This zero wide gonna, receiver. This guy was zero the whole wide receiver. Thing. Can you imagine? Yeah. Zero wide receiver, but like you literally just don't draft wide This guy is drafting his team just to dunk on the zero RBs. <laughs> that's the that's the that's that's the only reason. So these tight yeah. ends are going way too early. Normally Hooper, uh so Komet's normally a 13th, Everett's normally a 13th, Hooper's normally a 14th or a 15th, uh Blake Jarwin's normally a 14th or a 15th. So when these sort of things happen, Folks, don't go with the run if you've already got one. I'm willing to walk into week one of this season with just Mark Andrews, even in this premium league, because something will pop up. And if I just got one position, I know that Ian and I are going to have to be aggressive about grabbing a backup for. It's better than having them think that we, we've we got four areas of focus. So I like to know when I'm going into fab season, right? Um, I only want one or two things to really worry about. Now, injuries happen, and that changes things for you. But I'd like to be resilient at all these other positions um, so that we really just have one thing to focus at because that's what they're leaving us. They're leaving us the receivers, man. They're Rondell Moore still on the board. Terrace Marshall still on the board. Uh, Brian Edwards just went, which was a solid pick. Jacoby Myers is still on the board. I mean, there's a lot. See, Zach Ertz in the 12th round? Uh-uh. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> no. it. So this is where when people go one direction, you go the other. This is a perfect chance to be contrarian to your room, right? You're not being contrarian just to be contrarian. You're just basically saying, okay, they're going to all go with this. And they're as long as you've got a starter, right? If you don't, at some point, you got to say, okay, I got to bite the bullet. These guys are going more than sooner than they normally did, like we did. We had to do it with Mostert a little sooner than I wanted. Sony Michelle was probably around before I wanted, but it was at a position where we didn't even have our RB2 yet. So, and we have to start two. So with tight end, we just need to start one. And basically what we've said right now is we're flexing receiver. We're flexing two receivers. Okay, this is you. This is your show, man. I know it's my show. Let's go. This is your show. freaking fell. People, (laughs) I love it. That's why you draft with someone that does freaking hundreds of things uh, a year, it seems like. Ryan Tannehill fell. And guess what? The fall is over. Welcome to the squad. Um, thrill. I will just say like the one almost like knock people have against Tannehill is Arthur Smith leaving. Like they just promoted another coach from within. There's little to no reason to expect this Titans offense to look any different. I wish Arthur Smith was still there, but as a reason to just fade the guy that I don't see before Arthur Smith did this with Tannehill. Nobody. It's not like when they hired him, everyone's like, wow. Arthur Smith, like the Titans got themselves a great hire. He's he did a great job. I'm not trying to say that. I would just say, you know, don't don't overestimate just like the impact of one coach leaving if we have everything else in place. Not ideal, but we can when we can get the guy in, you know, round 12 going as a borderline QB one when he's been nothing except a top 10 QB over the past two years. Like those are the types of situations where that's the only that's the only problem we have, and he's falling seemingly because of it. Find me up. So what are you thinking here? Um, coming back, you can see what I'm um, doing, you know, in the queue. Um, do we th- do we think we need to go another QB? No, not yet. Quickly? We not don't need to. We don't need to. I, Rondale went. Okay. I was ready to have a Rondale versus Terrace Marshall discussion. So there goes Fields and Stafford. Dude, we are just we are just right. We are nailing this thing just right. We we get our quarterback. Three go after us. Stafford, Fields, and Burrow. There goes Terrace Marshall. I really would have loved to get Terrace Marshall. Can you imagine what Terrace Marshall's going to do if one of those other receivers does go down? Oh, my God. It's gonna- I would just say, though, like 
McCaffrey being back, he's gonna be he's gonna have more targets than Marshall, and that sucks. There's no oh, other wide receiver. I get it. I'm just saying Marshall that. looks great. So here's 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 my thought. You've seen what everybody what everybody has done here in at tight end. They've all went full on panic mode, and a tight end that would have cost you an eighth round pick one day ago is available in Irv Smith. We can afford to be patient with him. We're gonna flex receivers. Man, I love getting him. And he also played for Alabama. How are we not doing this? <laughs> we already have six receivers. Yeah, I mean, looking at the board, throwing Shepard, Manuel Sanders. There's some okay options, even uh, Cole Beasley, if we want to, you know, risk the health of our team uh, to do that. But I think, uh, yeah, Irv Smith, man, that's fine. Because like you said, every other late round-ish tight end, like none of these guys are attractive right now. He's the last guy that I think you can feel any semblance of being good Here's about. the thing, I mean, one day ago, and say in four weeks he's healthy, I want him over Blake Jarwin, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, Adam Trotman, Cole, maybe not Cole Komet. I do like Komet, but but I had him ranked ahead of Komet before. I probably like him over Gerald Everett, Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski. The, I like him over all those. I had him ranked over Mike Gusecki, and we just got him as a luxury pick, basically, in the 13th round in a 1.5 PPR, and we can be done with the tight ends. You know, If we want oh, yeah, to take one are. later, we can. Um, but you know, we don't have to force anything. The other guy that's no, falling, and good. I don't know the extent of his injury is Evan Ingram. I know he hurt his calf. See, I, here's me, Ian. I buy these, I buy injury news dips because typically within three days, their price goes up. Once people get their arms around, oh, this is the prognosis, then the price goes back up. So you're kind of buying it at the ultimate low. And even what's the worst case? They come out and say, Irv Smith's going to miss six games i doubt it's that you know based that's, on that, that seems like worst case that, that seems, seems like, like worst case. case i think it could be two games and we get it for ingram i would probably want hunter henry over him i think just similar kind of rationale i i don't think i've gotten a single share of ingram because i've had him ranked as more of a mid uh like more mid-tier tight end too rudolph is going to get snaps he's just been banged up himself so we haven't really seen that and you can talk about him having over 100 targets last year all you want. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, like Rudolph, Saquon back. Evan Ingram could easily finish fourth or fifth on this team. He's fine, but like, I don't know, man. I I don't want to, you know, disgrace what the dude's capable of. He's had some good moments over the years. I do wonder how much of that, though, was a little bit just inflated because let's face it, like how many tight ends do you really see being number one option on their teams? There's a handful, and he was one of those guys. But when you look at those Giants team, Beckham, Shepard, just one hurt in, injured wide receiver after another. Like Darius Slayton, it's a fifth-round pick. That was one of the guys that Ingram was competing against. I'm just not so sure he, you know, people are seem to be chasing the points on Ingram a little bit. So at this point in the draft, that's fine, because this is where I've kind of had him going from the beginning. Yep. I still think I'd probably take Hunter Henry, though, over him. Yeah, no, and I don't have any Hunter Henry exposure either. Um, I just... I have no clue what the calf situation looks like, but it, the, utilization, I, the utilization was looking good, um, you know, for Evan Ingram. And he's a player that normally goes in the 10th round where Hunter Henry goes in the you know 13th, 14th, just strictly speaking from ADP. I, although I agree with everything you just said. Um, it's funny over in the chat, Crunch um, says team two is content. Yes, we could write an article easily on team two tomorrow. <laughs> team two is writing a piece for us. <laughs> and by the way, team two did get... A wide receiver finally. Oh, yeah. Terrace Marshall, wide receiver one. By the way, we're getting some uh this is a few quick uh questions. Would you spend any fab on Tyson Williams? 
I mean, I'm not against spending like $5 or something. He could be useful. I would just say, you know, don't like be prioritizing him. We talked about this before. It's already hard enough to expect RB1 to get hurt and the RB2 to just ascend to the top of the depth chart. I mean, look at the situations we've seen. Cam Akers gets hurt. Henderson is the guy until they trade for Michelle. We'll see what happens with the Gus Edwards situation. Like, it's very hard to assume the one-for-one switch. That's why we only have four or five, like, real handcuffs we consistently target. Dwayne, do you have a fab recommendation on Tyson? You know, if if you're a team that went, say, zero RB, and you're really scared about your RB2, and you just want, maybe you've got three or four, and you just want another bullet, basically, in the chamber, I mean, the max I would go would be, like, 7%. You know, on a player like that, I think Ian, you know, assuming a hundred dollar budget, the five dollars, you're right around five percent. So we're pretty close. Um, uh, most likely I'm trying to get him for the minimum. I think I can get him for more likely putting a, a two to three percent bid. Um, uh, here's the thing, guys. Gus Edwards was not going to be startable on a week to week basis in most leagues <laughs> before J.K. Dobbins went down. Like you can get lucky. And if you start him all year, you're going to end up with five games where he worked. Right. But you got to live with the other seven games where he gave you nothing because he didn't score a touchdown. And so that's essentially what you're dealing with 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 um, Tyson now. So I wouldn't I wouldn't overbid the situation. Could Gus Edwards be the three point shooter who shoots 50 percent on four attempts per game and then drops to 30 percent on eight? <laughs> I don't I'm know, just man. wondering, man. Like, come on. He's always been the number two in his offense. Like, I know they paid him last year. Non, you know, a, I keep trying to say non insignificant instead of just saying significant. Uh, Hubbard went to an auto pick. Oh, that's not fair. sorry. I will just say with Gus. I mean, when they brought Lamar under center in 2019, like they also brought Gus in as their RB one at that point. And he was good. He finished, I think, as the RB18 down the stretch, caught like two passes. He was getting like those 20 attempts a game. They bring in Mark Ingram. They bring in J.K. Dobbins. And Gus maintained involvement throughout that whole stretch. But I really feel like if they loved this guy as much as some people are making it out to be, they wouldn't have necessarily brought in those guys in the first place. He'll be the 1A. I'm just not expecting it to become the Gus Edwards, you know, 300 carry show like others. So, I, you know, I've even looked at it. I would say... If you just really don't think they're going to add someone, you really believe in Gus, you can take them as high as RB19. I wouldn't, but RB19, I think, is where the most optimistic Gus Edwards guys can land. Take them after James Robinson. Take them after David Montgomery, Big 14, DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, all these guys. RB19, RB20. I think I have them RB27, so I'm taking Jacobs, Mostert. I'm taking Damian Harris, guys like that, ahead of him. But again, you want to be an optimist, I'd say RB19. Yeah. Man, Darrington Evans Evans also went. So like we oh, wanted yeah, one. Draft of, we, board, everyone. we wanted one of Evans or uh, Chuba to make it back to us. Um, that was really who I wanted the next pick. So as long as you're good, like I love the jam. My jam in this round when these people do this, um, which happens sometimes, is really Tony Jones. I think he's the true backup to hmm. uh, Kamara. So I mean, I know we're cuffing, and I'm not a huge cuff fan, but to get him in round 14. And basically you're saying, okay, we've got the Saints back. Um, I feel good about it. But if there's someone else you like. Hmm? If any, if anything, I don't, I think if Kamara gets hurt, we see a committee. Like, I just don't think we see the 90% back. I know that was Latavius's role. I don't think, we'll I, see. If Latavius I, gets I cut. I think Tony Jones takes 70% of the work. If Wow. Oh. Yeah, I do. I think Latavius Murray, just watching him. Um, I, 
And I don't know. I'm kind of wondering, like, is he like a surprise release candidate? Like, he, he does, doesn't does look good. That's fine. Him or Freeman. Hold on. The but here's, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, we, we own... If you want to go ahead and complete the Alabama thing and take Tua, we can. And we've got two stack options with Tannehill. Or if Tua gets going nuts, you know Jalen Waddle is going to be part of it. So that's the other option. Now, here's the thing. Like Sterling Shepard, man, we've got we've got some rookies here. Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Sterling Shepard is going to get like 10 targets week one. You what can about Manny Sanders, him. though, man? Manny Sanders might be Josh Allen's number two. I receiver. love Manny Sanders too, but he's thirty-four. I like both of them. I have them yeah. both. I have them both right there. I have them both right there. I just like I like Step Shepherd for early in the season while you're waiting. Um, but I'm open, man. He, hey, if you like one better than the other, I'm okay with it. Um, Shepherd's wearing number three now too. That's a game changer. So what do you think? If you I want Sanders, Sanders, I'm good with it. I like Manny Sanders. I want Manny. I got them I'll, together. I'll, I'll, I'll click, though. I'll click. So oh, man, I already oh, clicked. Wow. Damn it. That's on you then, man. That's, That's on, on you. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets hurt, you're going to be like, you guys remember that episode where I told Dwayne we should take Sterling Shepard and he took Manny Sanders? <laughs> Look, like, Gabriel Davis is great and all. I don't exactly see him just straight up snatching Sanders' job. He's and not. He's not. He's not. They're going to run so much for wide receiver. Like, there is a realistic chance the Bills could enable for top 36 PPR wide receivers. And I just think that based on a lot of where these guys are going, you know, Beasley, I've been happy to buy the Beasley dip. Oh, he's still there. And a lot yeah, of he's still there too. <laughs> so we'll look at him uh, later as well. But with Manny, I mean, he is old, but you know, I, I came out with an ages list earlier this off season and it wasn't guys that are just old. It was guys that have looked their age. And to me, Emmanuel Sanders does not fit that criteria. I mean, for him, 2018 to have that or 2019 i think he had the 2018 torn acl or achilles comes back plays 17 games in 2019 because he got traded halfway through the year and then comes back with the saints like okay he didn't make it work with Taysom hill only freaking michael thomas did you put him in this bill's offense man i mean again he doesn't look like a worse version of himself not saying he's going to return to prime form but in round 14 i'm cool with that yeah and Tony Jones went behind us, um, as long, along with the other sl- the Saints sleeper, Juwan Johnson, um, Dan Arnold, gone. And you know, honestly, I'm more okay with passing it because we own Kamara. Like I don't, I don't like owning my own handcuffs a ton. I will say, at that price, I do think it's it can be valuable. So here we are. Um, you want to go ahead and just grab Tua, and we've got our two quarterbacks. Um, I'm fine carrying one quarterback in this league, but I like Tua's upside. And man, we've got we've got two stacks. If either one of these quarterbacks blow up with our receivers, it's huge for us. And Dwayne, I mean, Tua went to Alabama. So I'll let you click it if you <laughs> want to go ahead and complete the the Alabama team. Roll, tide, roll. And I'm still hurt that they embarrassed my Buckeyes on national television the last college football game I watched. But you know what? When they give me 500K for winning this, uh, I'm going to get over <laughs> that pretty quickly. Uh, quick note on what you said, Dwayne, because I saw this conversation popping up around uh, – fantasy twitter about the idea if you should handcuff your own running backs or not at a certain point if you're using a 15th round pick to get the guy that's fine but if you're taking ezekiel elliott in round one and you're taking tony pollard in round 10 just think of it like this for you to be chasing the best upside of your roster you are now essentially eliminating one of those picks if it's a sermon you know sermon mostert situation maybe both of them could actually make it work in the same offense but like zeke and pollard 
Saquon and uh, Booker, you know, McCaffrey and Chuba, there's no scenario where both those guys have awesome seasons. So if you're trying to handcuff him in round 10, you're more or less like now insinuating that you want your round one back to get hurt because that's the only way your round 10 back works out. So yeah, you're building yourself a nice floor. We're not trying to come in fifth. It is first or last. So you should be drafting every single pick like it's going to hit a home run out of the ballpark handcuffing your own guy doesn't do it. So if you have Ezekiel Elliott and it's between Pollard and Madison, I'm taking Madison every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm that's the way. I, and plus you get to wait on Madison. Madison usually goes a round or two after Pollard. Like what well, we got, I mean, I mean, you saw what we did. We wanted to get Pollard and he went, um, and we were able to, I mean, we, we went ahead and got aggressive, but I mean, Pollard went in the beginning of round nine, we got, Alexander Madison almost a full round later. The only reason we took him is because I guarantee you team one was taking Madison to go with Pollard if we let it go by. Um, just looking at the board and knowing how these people do this. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I do believe, though, once you get to a certain round, like what we were dealing with, with Tony Jones, and I'm fine with the pick we made, but at that point it is fine. I think it's fine. So, um, and I do hold to Tony Jones people. So if you guys, you know, if you're looking for a guy, to, if you're looking for a saint to draft late, I don't think it's Latavius Murray. I totally think it's, again, just talking upside again. Tony it's Jones Tojo. Is, the one, to, Tojo. is the one with the upside. Lat Murray is not the guy with the upside. There I'm goes Sterling Shepard. That's a value, man. Sterling Shepard in the 15th round. Manny Sanders in the 14th. I know we talk about a lot about young players, a lot about upside. But again, constructing a roster, you know, is important. And so it doesn't necessarily make like Team 10 isn't doing it just for a construction standpoint. You know, he's just taking the value most likely. But like on a team like we have where you have Elijah and Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith, we know that there's a chance, right? One of those rookies don't work out. If not, two of them could not work out. So to have a Manny Sanders, to have a Sterling Shepard sitting there waiting to go and you can plug them in right away and let those guys then get up and get running and, just, and figure out which one you want to play, that's great. The other thing that that teaches you is just because you took a player in a certain round doesn't mean that you can't come back and grab someone else that may be the starter over them early in the season. That's, that's roster construction like at its finest. So Javonta Williams... I've told people it's a bit pricey for me, but if you really like Javonta Williams and you want to take him, and with the latest news, I took Javonta Williams in the fifth round a couple times um, this last weekend. But if you do that, you're taking Javonta Williams also knowing that, you know what, I may not start him week one or two, or week one may come out, he may not have the role I thought, and I may have to bench him for four or five weeks. So the way you want to build your roster is, okay, great, I'm going to take Williams here, but I'm going to circle back later and I'm going to grab a Naheem Hines. I'm going to grab a James White. I'm going to grab something that I can use for a couple of weeks if I need to, or grab a Sony Michelle, a guy that you know is going to have a role and also gives you additional upside, just like what you're kind of, kind of like what you're getting. Honestly, Sony Michelle, as funny as it may sound, like playing for the Rams, like he has huge upside. But my point being is that, you know, he's going to have some sort of a role. You can use him for a little bit and then you can come back around whenever Melvin Gordon gets hurt or Javonta Williams fully takes over the role or you're in your playoff stretch, right? And your rookie running back is just ripping it. So think about your rosters that way. And, but, but let those values fall to you. Don't reach for Naheem Hines when he and Gio Bernard and James White and all the other players like him are all on the board, kind of read the board. When they start to go, you're like, okay, I'm going to grab two of these, you know, or I'm at least going to make sure I get one. And then I'm going to circle back and I'm going to get some more upside. So, and now the defenses are going, the defenses are going in. So this is good. I would just say everyone, you know, fading Sony because he's Sony Michelle and he's dust. 
Like it's a bad. Was take. everyone just saying like, "Wow," when CJ Anderson got signed 15 weeks in like 2018? Like, oh, finally! Like this, can't believe this talent's been out here sitting in free agency the whole time. Rams really got a great one. Like Todd Gurley was having an incredible year. McVay kept saying he's healthy. He kept playing him. It wasn't like Gurley couldn't go out there. DJ Anderson literally came in and took over when they had 60 plus million reasons to continue to feature Gurley, regardless of how he was playing. So. Yeah, and, you know, we've drafted far worse running backs and far higher rounds than uh, Sony Michelle, you know, where we got him over the years. I mean, look at last year. David Johnson, James Conner, these guys were going top four, five rounds. Where Sony is going is absolute. Um, I don't know if you have the list up where you can refresh it. I was going to ask you if there are any backs you're feeling here. Um, I do like Anthony McFarlane as the main cuff to Najee now, but you don't have to do it here, but you could, we're kind of at the spot now where I throw ADP out and it's like, what do you need to do to make your roster good? I actually start that around like round 11. Isn't Justin Jackson, the chargers RB too, but man, he's still, he's still not healthy. That's why I've got him in red on this sheet. And I've been shy with him, um, because I just don't know. Um, you know, I looked at him, he's still on the injury list today. It is on us by the way. So, uh, I mean, I have Ty Johnson sitting there. I got Gabe Davis sitting there. I got Anthony McFarlane. Cole Beasley went, so that's gone. Um, A.J. Green, I don't know if he's there. Hang on, let me click over here. Um, oh, and the Denver defense went. So, um, I don't know. What do you, think, what are you thinking here? We got 30 seconds. Um, I got Gabe Davis cool. sitting here. Ty Johnson, Anthony McFarland. Let's go, Gabe Davis. Let's go, Gabe Davis. And we're almost like we're almost handcuffing Sanders in a way to a great offense. About. In a great right. offense. Well, but if we're handcuffing like a 13th and yeah. 16th round pick, that's exactly. fine because you know. I, and I, I'd love to do a study on this next off season because I just want to see like the average kind of value you're getting from those spots. Yeah, I don't want to ruin my first round pick with a 10th round pick, but all of a sudden, if we can create like a wide receiver two out of two very late round picks in the teens, that could be worth something. I was experimenting, uh, you know, before the draft, I was taking Jamison around 17 and Taysom around 18, just saying like, you know, one of these guys is going to get the job and I will probably have a QB one. I backed off on the Jameis stance since. Not saying it was a bright, not saying that specific example was genius, no, but I do think there's something to potentially handcuffing two late round picks if you think one might become well, especially in this situation. You've got a you've got an offense that's going to go balls to the wall throwing the ball. I mean, we just saw they threw they threw the ball on every one of their plays in the first drive this weekend. Over the course of Josh Allen's plays, they threw the ball 85 percent of the time this weekend. So you're you're you're. You know, you're hooking your wagon to a 14th and a 16th round pick around an offense that could throw the ball more than Jim Kelly's bills through the ball, right? So, okay. I mean, I like that. Dwayne, I got something crazy to say here. What if we go with... <laughs> I like uh, it. I like crazy. Chris, Chris Evans. I don't mind it. I don't, you see any, that catch? I don't, I don't own any Chris Evans. I don't uh, either. But then I saw that dude catch a 30-yard touchdown from the slot. We could use a back. We could use a back. If you think I, – I really hope he doesn't have a role because I, I'm all in <laughs> on mixing. But I don't mind taking a back like Evans. If you think he's got juice and you like him, this is the spot to do something like that. Do you want to get I think him? Mick – yeah. Let's, right. let's, let's I, I got him Evans. on the queue. I'm going to let you I'm, I'm gonna let you grab him. <laughs> yeah, this one's on me. This one's on me. I would just – yeah, I still think it's the Mixon show. But if Mixon goes down between Piron and Evans – I think Evans has done enough, and we've heard enough throughout training camp about them being impressed. I think Evans becomes, at worst, the pass down back in that scenario. But we're not talking about this Giovanni Bernard 190-pound scat back. Like Evans could legit take over the whole situation in addition to just being uh, you know, a great receiving back 
in his own right. It wouldn't be incredibly shocking to me if we see Evans getting, you know, not a crazy amount, 10, 15% snaps, maybe a target or two per game early on. It's not going to be usable, but I have come around more on Evans over Piran, at least in this point in the draft. Like, I know we have Anthony McFarlane there, but, you know, we saw the Steelers last year. Like, it could easily be Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels coming in on pass downs or this other guy. So, I know Najee's getting the three-down roll, but I'm just not as confident, I guess, in McFarlane as a player. And, hey, Dwayne, it's round 17. You know, we've been dude, talking I, a little dude, bit. Dude, I like it. Let's say Chris Evans. <laughs> I actually like the pick, and I've, I'm, I actually need to tweak him. I've got him on my board, but I need to move him up enough that I'm remembering him in these late rounds, to be honest. So, I so like do we have pick. to take a do we have to take kicker and defense? We do have a kicker and defense. So we've got three picks left. Two, one has to be a kicker. One has to be a defense. What are your thoughts on defense this year? So I love the Browns defense a lot. Now you got to deal with Kansas City week one, so you'd have to draft two, which I don't like doing. But after that, man, the Browns get a nice little schedule. Actually, I'm going to pull up. Uh, if you want to pull up, if you want to switch over, if you want to show people like our beautiful tool, like we've got the strength of schedule uh, tool that Eric Eager and Kevin Cole helped build. Um, over at PFF and, and kind of show that off a little bit if we want. Um, Justice Hill just went. So that's another player you had mentioned earlier. And, um, and, and real quick, people, if you want to check out this tool I'm about to show you, check out PFF.com because we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription for first-time subscribers with promo code KICKOFF30 as you see scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Just $7, people. If you go to the grocery store, like I understand you don't want to pay for fantasy content, but if you go to the grocery store and you look at those magazines they have, those cost more than $7. The Chipotle burrito I ate before this podcast cost more than $7. Like, that's a pretty reasonable price. You get the draft guide, you get rankings, projections, all of our locked article content, cheat sheets, and more. Kick off 30 for 30% off. And, you know, I'm just going to show you guys one of the tools right now because we have some very cool shit that I just think, if you are a devoted fantasy guy, for $7 freaking dollars, like, why the hell not? So... Here is our strength of schedule page as we are showing it. And we can go to filters and like, I love even having defense on this. I feel like a lot of sites even don't. So just looking at the overall. And you can filter it even by that week one, if you wanted just to see like, Hey, if, if you're once some of the top defenses go and you're like, well, just who's got the best matchup, you know, the Broncos get great four great ones right out of the gate, but it helps you quickly start to match up too. Um, so like, what if I took Cleveland and I wanted to take another defense because I like if you look at Cleveland. And so if you click on the week two game for Cleveland, Ian, like you already know this, but it'll show you like who they're playing. Right. Cool. Yeah. That looks good. That looks good, Dwayne. Yes. So week two and I believe check three for Cleveland. I don't want to take two defenses, though. I don't want to take two defenses either, but let's just ride with, I, I, let's just ride with Cleveland. I'm, I'm just I'm just showing people. Well, here's the yeah, other if, thing. There's going to be there's fumbles, gonna, there'll be a waiver wire run before the season starts. There'll be two. Actually, there might be three. So if for some reason another player on our roster gets hurt or something weird happens or somebody gets cut, you just, you know, whatever. If we wanted, we could then pick up another defense then. Um, if you just wanted to avoid playing them um, week one, I think Cleveland is the most value. And I think they could be a dominant defense this year. But but you look at defenses too. So I know you'd even mentioned Buffalo. So I don't know what their – I think their schedule is pretty tight like early. Um, and they could be improved and they could be leading a lot. The one stat I love for defenses is Havoc, basically. I found it in the college football sphere, but yeah, it's tackles for loss, plus forced fumbles, plus interceptions, plus pass deflections, plus pressures divided by plays. And like last year, it was literally eight of the 10 top fantasy defenses were also top 10 in this stat. So I tried to go 
off of that, like what defenses are getting in the backfield. And from there, I use that, uh, you know, the Havoc rank with the schedule. And yeah, the main ones that popped out were the Bills and the Broncos. If we're trying to wait, you know, the top five are the top five. Steelers, Rams, Buccaneers, Washington, and the Ravens. So one of them fall to you, I get it. But again, I think Bills and Broncos. I think the Broncos, man, because if you even just look. And they're gone, but we would have loved them. Their their first four weeks are uh, juicy. So we we got two picks until us. So if you like that, if you want to look at the Bills, Ooh. what does the Bills schedule look like? We got one pick before it's us. Bro, the Bills schedule is borderline erotic. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. Okay, Steelers, we can mess with that. So it's on us. If you like the Bills, just Steelers, period. Dolphins, Washington. Uh, do we want to wait in our round? I'm cool to wait and use our last position pick. Do we want McFarlane? Yeah, if we want McFarlane, let's take him. All right, let's do that. Like, I do hold like on, it. Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, damn it. Man. Sorry. I I'm, saw Rashad I saw Rashad Bateman there. I don't know. Oh, that yeah. Crazy? Yeah. I do like Bateman. Um, and I, At this point. I just worry that you, I think he clogs your roster for like six weeks, and then you're going to be into bye week hell. Um, well, here's my if, guess. If we end up, if we end gets, up missing out, we end up missing out 500K because of Bateman, <laughs> and I have to kill you. Here's the deal. We'll probably get to pick Bateman up on a wire. Whoever drafts him here, he's going to get dropped. That's fair. Okay. Hey, I, we, I am, week seven, I am team folks, get ready. ready. Week seven is freaking brutal <laughs> on bye oh, weeks everywhere. Yeah, I, I had someone ask about that. Hey, Dwayne, I'll be right back. You take over. Yep, got it. All right, so we're sitting here. Uh, kickers, defense is starting to go. Um, just to give you guys a quick run through on our roster, um, you know, it's Kamara, Ridley, AJ Brown, Mark Andrews. This is a 1.5 points per reception for tight ends. Jerry Judy, Raheem Mostert, Devonta Smith, Sony Michelle, Jalen Waddle, Alexander Madison, Elijah Moore, Ryan Tannehill, Irv Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, Tua, Gabriel Davis, Chris Evans, and Anthony McFarland. So we wanted to tack on a couple of other late round running backs because we did wait a little bit after we took Kamara. Um, we are heavily loaded on Alabama players. <laughs> We've got Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, uh, Tua, and Irv Smith, all Alabama players. We missed out on Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. Um, so that would have been one more. Um, so do you decide, Ian? It's gonna, we got one pick if you prefer the Bills or the Browns. I kind of lean Bills, man. I think they're close. Pull that schedule. Defense. Pull that schedule back up. Can you? Yeah. Who's got the better overall? Yeah. Who, just tell me the week one for the Bills. I want to say the Bills like. Uh, uh, oh, they're five. Yeah, Bills got freaking Pittsburgh. That's, that's fine. That, that, that's popping. okay. It's that's not fine. a great matchup. But what is week two? Pittsburgh to Miami, which is okay. Washington. I mean, that's fits. That's pretty. Houston. And then Houston. Uh, and then we got Casey. Let's go Cleveland. Screw it. Okay. Yeah. I think Cleveland's after you get past that week one, it's juicy. I mean, you talk about who is, uh, I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm trying to think of that. I'm not um, either. So don't ask me. <laughs> uh, oh, it was, De- it was Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder got offered like, I think it was like 80 million from the, Knicks or something like that. Maybe it was the Lakers and he declined it. Now the Celtics have him on like an eight million uh like veteran, you know, deal. That's exactly what happened to Jadavian Clowney with the Browns. Like they were ready to pay him two off seasons ago and now they get him for freaking scraps. Like to have him across from Miles Garrett. I know, you know, 
betting against Aaron Donald to win defensive MVP is like burning money. I get it. If anyone's going to beat this guy, though, it could be Miles Garrett, people. So fingers crossed this secondary can finally stay healthy. I saw Denzel and Greedy are once again already on the injured list. Greedy, man, oh, Greedy's man. been on it, so um, but they're hoping they're hoping he'll be ready. We got Tack McKinley as their number three. Maybe he's a little bit better not having to be, you know, the guy like he was Atlanta. Malik Jackson, the interior. Like the Browns defense, man, it could be legit this year. And that was obviously the big, you know, their big issue in 2020. So credit to them for filling those holes. If anyone's going to take down KC, man, I just, it's, it's the Cleveland, Cleveland or the, uh, or the Bills. I think those are your big Well, you're going to see defenses. They're going to force, they're going to force the Chiefs to solve the too high look. So they're going to have to show they can do that. And that's the problem. That's where, the, from a football perspective, the Chiefs desperately need McCole Hardman to take a step forward. He's not looking good. They, You need a third option. If you have three really good options, like it's like NFL you know, teams talk about the rule of three. You talk to scouts, they talk about the rule of three. It's if you have three really good options, you can challenge any type of coverage concept. If you're two, really good defenses can limit you. You know, if you're one, even average defenses can limit you. So it's the same problem that really like the Vikings have. It's kind of the same problem that the Browns have, but they make their third option, the play action, the run game, the bootlegs, all that stuff to bring extra confusion to the defense that helps you be successful with just two playmakers. The Chiefs, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, NFL defense coordinators have been around a long time. They know how to handle teams that pass all the time, and they're learning more and more and more. So they've got to figure out something. They really need McColl to step forward. Um, I'm not – I don't draft McColl Hardman often. I, I did early in the season, but after watching him again in the preseason, I don't know what your thoughts are, Ian. I just kind of have my doubts. I, I'm always down with putting a chip, you know, on the Kansas City offense when a, when a player falls to you. I'm just not reaching for him. Um, but the Browns are going to test them. The Browns will make them, you know – my guess is because that's what teams did down the stretch last year. They said, and it's did the same thing to Russell Wilson. They just said, you're not going to beat us deep. And so it'll be interesting to see how do the chiefs adapt to that? Because they don't really have a known third entity as far as really having a third weapon. By the way, me real first name, Carrie did not know that <laughs> Carrie Hardman. I would there we it. go. Yeah, me a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was a smart move when he was probably like 11 uh, years old. With Mecole, I would just say, and you know, he hasn't been great, and it's problematic. Like, okay, he's good when you get the ball in his hands, which is half the battle. But you see him, you know, try to beat press coverage and stuff, and it's an issue. But similar to like Ryan Tannehill, like I know we don't want to bet on people that are exceptions to like the breakout rule. But Ryan Tannehill, for him to break out as late as he did, it made sense when he looked at it. This was a guy who played wide receiver in college, as we all know. Came up through a pretty piss-poor Dolphins organization at that time. How they have Adam Gase, finally makes the Tennessee, falls out. Miko, cornerback at Georgia, starts to convert, makes big plays, gets to the Chiefs. And again, hasn't fulfilled that potential just yet. But man, the dudes at least had over 500 yards and... 10 receiving touchdowns, another couple return scores. Like, it's not like he's been god-awful over the past two years. We just keep looking at this Chiefs offense, like, and they've tried. They gave Sammy Watkins that big deal that no one saw coming. Like, I don't even know what will happen if Mahomes can ever have a consistent, like, another high-end wide receiver, too, to complement these guys, because that's going to be scary. That is the only thing they're missing. And if you add that to the offense, like, I don't know how you stop them, doing It's what we saw in the 2019 playoffs. Um, and in a couple of week ones when Sammy Watkins was actually doing the damn thing. So, you know, it's unfortunate they got me Cole instead of some of the other receivers. I know were available 
at that spot in the draft. I wouldn't be shocked though, whether it's, or not it's this year or next year, like Miko, he does fit the profile of someone that could be just a late bloomer. Yeah. And uh, Joey, yes, you're right. <laughs> Montre Stevenson. I don't know why I said that about Alabama. It was Oklahoma. It was, it's the, it's the crimson. Uh, it's the red. <laughs> I just saw the red. Uh, it's fun doing a two and a half hour podcast. Or an hour. Yeah, we're, we're, only, man, we're only an hour and a half. This draft's going fast. This draft's doing good. Let's line up another one now. We'll, uh, we'll get to another one uh, sometime. Oh, dude, they're addictive. Week. They're addictive. We, dude, we've had a really good draft. We got we got value. We'll go. We'll we'll give a recap here in a minute. Um, uh, if you have a certain kicker that you like, I've got the ones I like in the no. queue. Um, I I literally stopped. Like you know, we're supposed to have our PFF rankings end by uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday during the season. I just stopped ranking kickers at one point. That's my that's my protest. And uh, you know. <laughs> If PFL wants to threaten my job with it, maybe I'll have to really make some hard decisions. But for now, I do not rank kickers. I just don't do it. Yeah, I just take one with a late buy. I like the Green Bay Packers uh, offense. I like offenses like that Shanahan-style scheme. Um, they seem to get a lot of the uh, field goals. Like I even think back to the Kubiak days, the Kyle Shanahan, I mean the Mike Shanahan days even. So you want Crosby or we can go with a an offshoot of that offense, which is with Sean I, I just McVay, don't Mega. care. I don't care. Okay. All right. I'm going to take Mason Crosby then. Boom. Uh, so let's okay, talk, real let's, quick. Let's, let's, let's give real a quick, quick. recap. I, we'll, we'll have no, to recap no. team two. No, Dwayne. No, Dwayne. We got one question first. Oh, no, okay. Dwayne. My bad. Real quick from Andrew. Thoughts on drafting Moster and Sermon to own that backfield. I don't hate it if you can get them, you know, as you're probably RB2, RB3 in rounds, you know, seven Eight. I think I would probably just take one. It could work. It's one of the few backfields where it could feasibly work. Just the examples, you know, we're always saying, oh, can we get the Ingram Kamara? Like, it's just so far and few between. I would probably get one or the other. And this is how I would decide. Pure, and Dwayne, I think I think you differ on this for me, but at least my opinion here, if you're going full redraft, only 2021, I'm taking Moster. I think he scores more points. But if you have any sort of keeper potential, you need to take Sermon. I did a big study on this and just really looking at that backfield as a whole, I mean, every single person is probably going to be gone next year. Mostert, Gallman, Hasty, and Jeff Wilson are all unrestricted free agents in 2022. I ran a bunch of numbers with the running back in the first year, second year ADP. And on average, just among running backs, not even overall ADP, we see a nine-spot jump from year one to year two from guys drafted in the top three rounds. So as much of a Mostert stand I am, I even realize if we're going anything beyond 2021, it's got to be Sermon. Give me your quick thoughts on this, Dwayne, then we'll break down the draft. Yeah, I'm still going Sermon um, just because I think he – I still like his chances to take the backfield over as the year goes. But, look, I love Raheem Mostert. Um, Tej Seth did a lot of great work for us, you know, this summer over at PFF. Um, he's an intern that's smarter than Ian and I combined, plus yes. like 20 <laughs> other brains. Um, and one of the guys that popped off and every piece of work that he did was Raheem Mostert. And he's in a great scheme. Um, I think there's a – here's my thought on it is even if Trey Sermon starts to take over a bigger role – I think there's a chance that Raheem Mostert could really own even some of the passing down work in. And so I think there's a lot of insulation potentially for Raheem Mostert. And I think this season, they really want to use two backs. Like if one of them gets hurt, the other one immediately becomes even that much more valuable, but they'll probably try to supplement them with like Elijah Mitchell, right? Or someone else or Wayne Gallman, who knows who they're going to end up keeping. We'll see how that all shakes out this week, but I would not take them back to back. And and it would, it would depend on construction, but I don't see a scenario where I would do it because even if I had gone zero RB, for example, and let's say I'd started off with like Devonte Adams, Calvin Ridley, um, CD lamb, Tyler Lockett, 
you know, Brandon Ayuk or Jamar Chase or, or pure you know, zero might work. Yeah. Yeah. If you did that and then you came back in the sixth and got Sermon and then seventh, Mostert, maybe, maybe. And here's the only reason I say is because really coming back, once you get to that seventh round, there's not another back I'm nuts about, you know? So, so then I might do it, but even then, like it's kind of hard because you still haven't taken a quarterback. You still haven't taken a tight end, right? And in a normal draft, that's not a tight end premium like this one. You could be staring at, you know, a tight end that fell um, before then. Um, maybe the sixth round is the tight end, you know, because Hawkinson fell to you. And then, man, I'm going to, I'm going to punt. I'm going to go ahead and take Hawkinson and see if either Mostert or, you know, Trey Sermon fall back to me in the seventh. Um, but again, you got to read your room. It depends. Is it a 12 team? Is it a 10 team? Is it an eight team? You got to be looking at the board. That's what I love about what we had here is you're constantly looking at the board. You're seeing what other teams have. You kind of heard our thought process through it. Um, so overall, it's not a strategy I want to deploy. It's just too expensive to do the sixth and seventh round because if they both stay healthy all year and neither one of them takes over, it could be a little bit maddening, right? And you may never want to start them both. That is ADP for this league, which I, I'm sure is going to be sharper than a lot of your home leagues. Like I will say, you know, when I've, I spent all summer, you know, really preaching Mostert over Sermon, and I was almost going contrarian with it because that's how it was set up for everyone playing best ball. All of a sudden, I look at fantasy football calculator ADP, which is kind of more for your home, uh, you know, lower kind of entry fee sort of leagues, and Mostert's well ahead of Sermon. So everyone is fine at a right value, but I definitely wouldn't force my way into that stack. So, yeah, Andrew, thanks for the questions. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. But let's go through our team real quick. Uh, by, by the way, before we do that, quick update on the Sleeper Must Awaken Team 2. They did get a second wide receiver, <laughs> A.J. Green, in round 17. And uh, that's it. The seldom seen five tight end strategy. Uh, you know, don't enter big tournaments and let the computer draft for you, I think is the uh, moral <laughs> of the story here, Dwayne. <laughs> Yeah, two quarterbacks, uh, five tight ends, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, running sheesh. backs, and two receivers. Hey, you know what? I give them mad props, only one kicker and one defense. <laughs> so, All right, Dwayne, so, so this is break, your first break down one. our squad. This is your first one of these, Ian. So before we jump in, just give me your overall thoughts on how you felt the draft went and just, you know, your comfort level and, and your thought on the format, because I don't know how much you've played tight end premium and, and – because I love hearing, because I've been playing in this format a long time. I love the tight end premium because I think it brings new flexibility to the way that you build rosters. But just want to get you know your thoughts. What did you think about it? I'm a fan, dude. Usually when I've done tight end premium, it's been more dynasty, so it's a little more refreshing to uh, just kind of be in it for for uh, one year and not you know galaxy braining myself out of a tight end like I've done in the past. But hey, wide receivers look great as they do when you employ this anchor RB strategy. Although, you know, I haven't been huge on Mark Andrews getting a bunch of shares. I mean, we clearly got him at a nice spot. I mean, to get a top six tight end, something our coworker Nathan Yonke has been stressing throughout the offseason, you know, getting him at, at least at the end of, uh, you know, more towards the beginning, round four. Very good spot there. And the running backs came to us just like we wanted, man. Like, I know we missed out on maybe one or two guys, but very few snipes here, Dwayne, which I think was the best part. Uh, I was feeling Tannehill and Tua. Man, we got the upside. Like, we'll see. We'll see, man. First or last, I, I like our shots at, a, at the former. Yeah, the thing I like about Andrews is once he got healthy down the stretch, here are his target shares, 27%, 25%, 33%, 20%, 46%, 33%. So 9, 7, 6, 5, 11, and 6. You can live off of that at a tight end. That's going to be a really good season. He's He's... 
He's the most likely player on their team to lead the team in catches because he's perfectly built for the offense. It's play action. The other team's got to worry about the running backs. They've got to worry about Lamar Jackson. And all of a sudden you have an athletic tight end like Mark Andrews that's behind the tight ends, but in front of the safeties. And he's a mismatch for a lot of safeties in the league. And so while all those running backs or th- linebackers are thinking about their you know, uh, fills and they have to because of the respect they have to have for the Ravens ground game, This is the person that benefits the most from it. It's Mark Andrews. And guess what? He plays in the part of the field that Lamar Jackson is most comfortable throwing to. And so when you put all that together, Andrews, he's in the tier. He's he's not just a, well, we got to find another guy to put in the tier to be in the top six. He literally does make the tier. I do believe Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson have higher upside. But the reason why is I think they could get they're going to be in offenses that are not going to run the ball as much as Mark Andrews. It's not because I don't like him. Um, it's not because I don't think that they're going to get a bigger target share, even potentially in their team than Andrews. I think Andrews will hold his ground and all those things. We just know the Ravens will come out here and run the ball, you know, 55% of the time and pass 45%. But I do wonder sometimes, Ian, like we're seeing how many receivers they've drafted over and over. Do we eventually see a year? And now with J.K. Dobbins going down, do we eventually see a year where they're like, you know what? We're going to throw the ball more. We've got the weapons to do it now. And it's a it's going to be a nightmare if we come out in three or four wide and then we can still run the ball with a back or Lamar Jackson. And you guys are going to have all of your smaller defenders in there. That's problematic, especially with a back like Gus Edwards. So I love Mark Andrews. Um, what are your other thoughts, you know, on on our squad? I, I love it, man. I, I, you know, we got value at Ridley. We got value at AJ Brown. We got slight value at Andrews. We took a player we love with Jerry Judy. We took, we made a roster construction move with Raheem Mostert. So anybody that didn't hear the first part and you're just kind of tuning in at the end, or this is the part you pick up on the pod. We passed on Tyler Boyd and Odell Beckham Jr., who we both loved. We had at the top of our queue. We really liked, but we made that decision because we still loved Devonta Smith. We still liked Cortland Sutton. We didn't necessarily want to own two Denver receivers, but we also had Corey Davis in the queue at the time. and Debo Samuel next. Like one of those wide receivers are going to fall. Well, and we had Corey Davis and Marquez Calloway in the queue too. Like we were willing to pull the Corey Davis trigger if Devonta Smith wasn't there. So just looking at the board and knowing what team two did, which he had taken all running backs and one tight end at that point, and he continued to do so. We had to make the move to go ahead and get one of the running backs. And at the time, Team 1 also only had one running back. Now, they continued to draft. This is probably like Ben Gretsch or something. Because um, they've got receiver, 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 receiver after Christian McCaffrey. So that's definitely like Davis Maddock, uh, Ben Gretsch, or uh, who else? Who's our other big like zero? Is this one of those? Oh, oh, Curtis? Yeah, 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 yeah Curtis. Um, so... And, and those are all super smart guys. And they laid off. They held true. So they're saying they're flexing receiver. They never took another receiver after those picks. But the point being, we made a move to go ahead and secure Mostert. We can plug him into our week one lineup. And then we came back and we still got Devonta Smith. Would we have preferred also, Beckham Jr.? Yeah, but man, we love Devonta Smith. Also, we did get... That was one instance where we got sniped. We were going to pair up Andrews with Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, he went... The pick, the pick before right Mostert, before us, yes. So. And then so, hey man. so Sony Michelle like, like was another balance pick. Then we come back with Waddle, another upside pick. We never did even talk about it actually. So if you look at top six draft picks um, over the, since 2011, 
only one has finished outside the top 36. And so Jalen Waddle is just too cheap is the bottom line of the story. And you're getting him in the ninth round of most of your drafts. In a home draft, you're probably getting more like round 10 or 11. Um, the other thing is I have an article coming out tomorrow that's talking about receivers under the ages of 22 and 23 that have posted a 20% target share adjusted. So they have to play at least eight games. But in those eight games, if they at least posted a 20% target share, how many of them go on to bust the following year? No one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jerry Judy's a great pick. Um, AJ Brown, obviously that paid off. Uh, you know, he's hit that number as well. Calvin Ridley also, Calvin Ridley didn't hit that number in his first year, but came back and did hit it later. So all the players that we have, I really love Elijah Moore in the 11th round. And we got Alexander Madison in the 10th as a big upside, a big upside swing. So essentially we've got Kamara. We're going to use Mostert out of the gate. Sony Michelle can fill in if we need. If Daryl Henderson goes down or Sonny Michelle just outperforms him, he gives us another option. And then Alexander Madison is like our home run pick. If for some reason, and not that we would ever root for Dalvin Cook to go down because we love him, no. but just in case you do Dalvin Cook, we own Alexander Madison. And then we came back and we got Tannehill to go with A.J. Brown. Love it. We got Tua to go with Jalen Waddle. Love it. Technically, you could say we got Tua to go with Jerry Judy and Calvin Ridley, but I know that would be college football, not NFL. But I love the team, Ian, um, and I had a blast drafting it with you. You too, brother. I will say it is kind of funny, Dwayne, like when we're in as many leagues as we are. Like nowadays, like someone gets hurt and even, you know, you never throw, but okay, maybe if you have the backup, you're like, oh, I mean, okay, this is objectively good for my fantasy team. You know, that bad, that bad, the, the dark angel sitting on your shoulders like, well, you know, this is good for you. When we have exposure to all these guys anyway, like I'm, I'm just kind of become numb to it. It's just like, that sucks. We need to move on. But yeah, anyone trying to victory lap or take pre pleasure in it. Couldn't be me. Get that shot in Freud idea out of here. Dwayne, before we get out of here, I just wanted to say a few final words and say, hey, Fantrax, I know we didn't draft on you tonight, but you are still a fantastic partner because Fantrax is free. Fantasy Football League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use and feature rich platform in the entire industry. PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. We have already done just that. I'm feeling good about the squad. Had a team auto pick three defenses in there. Like, that's what it should be. Don't be sniping my running back in round 15. Give him another defense. Give him five tight ends like FFPC did right here. If you're coming from another site, that's no problem. Fantrax can support any of your current leagues completely free. Create an account now using promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF. You get a chance to win a trip to any regular season game this year for you and your entire league. Plus six grand, people. Promo code PFF, Fantrax.com slash PFF. Regular season game, entire league, six grand. Go to Vegas and then turn that six grand to a hundred grand. Why not? Promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF. And also, everyone, the NFL is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limit time offer now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet in any week one game. That's promo code PFF to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limit time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
Well, I thought I was good at the fast read, but Steve, PFF Steve has me schooled on that. I got to step my game up. He has got those. Man, one day I'm going to have to uh, fill in for you and do that. And it's going to be terrible. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. It's going to suck. People are going to be like, where's Ian? We need him back. (laughs) (laughs) Another day. There there will be a few Fridays like that this year, but we'll get to that another day. Thank you all for tuning in here to StreamYard. Thank you all for listening to the audio version of this via the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Dwayne. It's the last week before, you know, we are into week one. What content you have coming out to get the folks ready to win their draft? Yeah, man, I've got um, some updates, some strategy updates, actually where I'm going through several of these drafts that I did over the weekend. I'm going to cover an early position, a middle position, a late position. Um, I actually already did an article at the end of last week on how to handle the um, late position. So I'm going to handle the, do the mid and the early position. I'm refreshing, obviously, all of my tiers. All my rankings are being updated. I'm going to do a My Guys article. So the guys that I just own the most of that I find myself gravitating to basically every single draft. So that if any of you guys have the Labor Day weekend drafts or you want to jump in with the FFPC or any of the other leagues that you know Ian just talked about, um, you know, you'll have that in front of you. And um, yeah, I'll go back and up, update any of my other strategy articles as well with any, with any of the injury news, things like that. And tomorrow I will have, uh, sorry, Wednesday, this, uh, the piece I just talked about that really looks at the wide receivers that hit certain thresholds, right? By draft pick and by target share um, in their first two seasons. And what does that look like? And then just a little sweet section at the end of where receivers really fall off for that group, because there is some um, data out there. This is basically after a first year or second year, receivers lose 2% target share or something like that. So what I wanted to do is isolate it down to really good receivers that broke out early. Like what does their window start to look like? Because there's questions around guys like Mike Evans, right? You know, um, Robert Woods, a lot of folks like that, people wondering, well, like, where does this fall off really happen? So a little, you know, not a huge section on that, but, you know, a paragraph or two, just kind of breaking down, like, you know, the findings that I, that I, uh, pulled out from that as well. Awesome stuff, Dwayne. I'm sure we'll hear about all that on the Friday edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. You, me, Andrew Erickson will be going over our favorite picks in each and every round. Thursday will be a breakdown of all the injured players with Dr. Edwin Porras from Fantasy Points. I want to get you guys just, hey, what's the doctor think about these guys? Because Lord knows Dwayne and I are not doctors. On Wednesday, it will be Dwayne and I again, breaking down everything that happened from preseason week three, as as we've done throughout each week so far. And then it's week one, baby. We're almost there. I can't wait. He's Dwayne. I'm Ian. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care, everybody. Peace.